Well, welcome to Pixels and Pines podcast. I'm Bradley. I'm Michael. And we're two dudes talking about video games and drinking pints. I didn't forget to roll the fucking logo intro this time. That way I don't have to edit it in. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. So what do you got? Uh, what are you drinking today, man? I'm getting a little crazy. I'm getting a little crazy today. First thing is something that I found yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I think it might have been today. I don't know. I'm so out of it right now. <laughs> so first thing I have on deck is, uh, is something from company called Drecker Brewing Company coming out of Fargo, North Dakota. It's called What So Proudly We Pert. I don't know what the pert is supposed to stand for. I think it's like a, maybe it's like a firecracker pert. pert. I don't know. That's what they fucking call it. It's weird. Hmm. 6.5 ABV. It's a rocket pop fruited sour. It's the entire reason why I got it. Do I even have the can with me? I don't think I have the can. It's it's a dope ass. It's a dope ass label. I'll probably have it again on the podcast later. But essentially, um, it's blueberry, raspberry, tart cherry, pineapple, lime. A lot of fruit. Very heavy. Super fucking thick. It's a thick boy. Holy shit. Dude, that shit looks yeah. like uh, some natural juice. The warning on the label says is that because of how much fruit it has, it should be cold at all times. Mm. And this was not found found in the fridge section. Ooh. So I I don't know what that means. Probably something to do with the pasteurization. Like maybe they don't pasteurize the fruit. Uh, who knows? Um, who knows? I'm going to fucking drink it. Yeah. I don't know. Worst case, you just get real bad diarrhea. Cool. I mean, it's hard to tell between the diarrhea that I have now, so I probably won't even notice. <laughs> I just got regular old diarrhea all the time. <laughs> and uh, what I have, so this is basically the introduction to what is next. And that's from Goose Island out of Chicago, Bourbon County Stout 2016. I've had this bitch aging for years. Bourbon barrel aged, charred oak vanilla caramel smoke it was already 13.8 abv when it was bottled and i have no clue what it's going to do to me yeah after i drink it today. yeah because I, I think years. i think beer can age up an extra one to two percent abv um over the years um and it's it's harder to tell too with um uh craft brews because sometimes they don't they don't put enough of the yeast deactivator in it. So they age while they're sitting on shelves. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that could be fun. <laughs> it, it, it might be. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping we get through it so that way I don't get too wild. Yeah. So that, that's me. What about you? What are you drinking today? I, I'm, I'm only going to have one tonight. Uh, I have, I have an early start tomorrow. I got my trail running shoes in, so I got to go hit the trails and go run at like four 30. Uh, so I'm just going to sit small with a 2021 pumpkinator aged in bourbon barrels. <laughs> it's 12.6 ABV. It's a little bitty guy. It's a, it's a teeny little, little bottle. Um, teeny bottle. Yeah. There you go. But it, it, it fucks like four beers. Um, so we'll, we'll see how I get through it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure after last night, uh, I'll probably feel a lot better after this beer than those, uh, seven we had yesterday. So yeah, that was that was a lot of beer. It was a lot God of beer. Damn, good time though. It was a good Can, time. You, you can't replace it. So we we that. got 
we got some fucking wild drama popping off like at the start of this show. Yeah, so we got um we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This yeah. past week has been kind of kind of filled with uh with a little bit of drama, some new shit dropping from Sony and Nintendo. Got some updates for a couple of games for you guys. There was also a couple of showcases uh, two specifically that we're going to talk about. Uh, NIS America did a, did their thing, and we also have Ubisoft Forward who did that on Saturday, November uh, September 10th. A lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rumor is, is that Nintendo should have an announcement about their Nintendo Direct tomorrow, Monday, Ooh. September 12th. I really wanted to get this done today. I, I was thinking about maybe postponing this until tomorrow but um i i think it's gonna get gonna a little get a little crazy next week so we're gonna go ahead and give you as much as we can but as you said yes we do have a little bit of drama xbox sony console wars good shit it's jim ryan a, it's been a while since we had a good console war it's been it's been a, it's been a it's been a minute it's been a minute you know uh sega does what nintendo don't kind of thing mm-hmm. and i'm hoping this is what we're gonna get Jim Ryan kind of gave a corporate fuck you to Phil Spencer in regards to the whole Call of Duty thing that's been going on for the past week or so. Haven't really talked about it because I don't really like to talk too much about what these companies do. Yeah. You know? A lot of people want to get involved with how companies should behave. You know, the whole they should be they should be grateful. They should be thankful. They should just be nice to each other. The good, good for all gamers. I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Me either. I want, I want Jim Ryan to come out with like a folded chair and just slam <laughs> it on the back of Phil Spencer if we can. Like, I want them to go to fucking war. Yeah. I don't give a crap. Yeah. I don't give a crap. So the reason why Jim Ryan is so pissed off. Activision owns Call of Duty, which is currently going through a merger with Microsoft right now. And the expectation is that the merger should complete sometime early next year, 2023, right? Okay. Call of Duty has been on Sony platforms for going on two decades now. Mm -hmm. And for the past couple of generations, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, it's been a major, major Sony marketing pull where they typically get exclusive Call of Duty content, early access to Call of Duty, things like that. And so now that's in danger. Sony is essentially making hundreds of millions, maybe even billions of dollars because of how prevalent Call of Duty is on their platform, and now it's in danger. Yeah. I get it. Jim Ryan responded to Phil Spencer who revealed last week that they had provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee that Call of Duty on PlayStation with the feature and content parity, so they're not going to strip out any of the stuff, they're not going to make anything exclusive for the Xbox platforms or anything like that. They are to guarantee it for at least several more years beyond Sony's current existing contract. Jim Ryan gives the corporate fuck you saying hey you know telling gamesindustry.biz that the offer is inadequate on many levels you know 
is a straight middle finger yeah. to Phil Spencer. Along with that, he said that Microsoft has only offered Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. Kind of implying that maybe Call of Duty, after current generation life cycle, PlayStation 6 and, and beyond, yeah, we may not see Call of Duty on PlayStation. And, you know, that pisses, that pisses <laughs> Jim Ryan off. Which I, I can I can kind of understand. Somebody's taking taking money out of your pocket. Yeah, taking your fucking I'd, money, I'd man. Be, I'd be I'd be upset too. So, regardless, I'm all in for it. That's it. We haven't we haven't really seen too much. A lot of people are speculating that maybe this is this is aimed at regulators to say, yo, you know, was it a FTC? Yeah, Federal Trade Commission. Yeah the federal trade commission microsoft is going to be hurting gamers all over the world if they take call of duty away from playstation <laughs> and that's fine you know let i'm gonna let they he's got he's got to fight for his company he can't be like well you know like well sony has done all of these other things in order to to bring consumers over to the playstation product and well you know i might microsoft have, has every right to do that no no he's gonna be like fuck those guys yeah and i'm all for it I would rather have the companies have their own little console wars between themselves because as consumers, we generally tend to benefit off of that. Yes, we do. Lower prices, better games, uh, all, all the exactly. whole thing, man. That's why when and you said, like, uh, I'm, I'm ready for another console war, I was like, yeah, I'm all fucking in because we win when, when, they, when they go to bat against each other, so... Exactly. And I iterate again, you should have no no love for any of these two companies that are fighting for this. Nintendo is over there sitting in the corner just jacking it because <laughs> they don't care. No, they don't give a shit. They're dude. getting their money. They're a first-party gaming machine. Mm -hmm. They're going to continue to do what they do. Sony and Microsoft are a little bit different. They share, they share a lot of the same games. And... And now, you know, somebody took somebody else's ball and they don't want to share it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I hope this either causes Sony to create a Call of Duty competitor or maybe Microsoft is going to get pressured into maybe having to, to do something that they maybe wouldn't have to otherwise if this actually causes issue with the FTC and and. A reminder, this isn't just a U.S. battle. This is also something that they're dealing with in the U.K. So yeah. if the U.K. decides that they're they're going to cause damage to the industry for whatever reason, you know, they're not going to they're not going to allow the 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 merger to, to happen. Yeah. And of course, that benefits Sony. And I'm not going to be upset that they're going to be fighting for that. Why would you? Yeah. Like I, I said, somebody was taking money out of my pocket. I'd be upset, too. Yeah. Yeah, I th I think Jim Ryan, uh, you know, is right to uh, throw that middle finger. So, yeah, I mean, he's the he's the he's the head of PlayStation. Like, you you're gonna let somebody do that to your company, dude? Don't go out like a bitch. Nah, go out swinging. Don't fight. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Oh. All right, and now, Cyberpunk. Hell, this yeah. Cyberpunk's been 
it's been kind of fucked for a little while, man. Did you did you deal with Cyberpunk at, at all during the like even the initial release and no, I think it was like November? No, I watched no? I watched everybody suffer through that shit and I was just like, I'm not I'm not about that. I'm not about buying a game that just doesn't fucking work as you know, having issues or breaking uh fucking GPUs and doing all kinds of weird shit. Uh I I'm just gonna wait. Um and I guess with with the new shit that's coming out, right? Maybe maybe it's a good time to jump into the cyberpunk uh, uh, game. So, yeah, CD Projekt Red they they haven't they haven't sat back and allowed this shit to to continue. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I played the I played the PC version. This was this was actually the game that got me to go out and purchase an NVIDIA 3080 graphics card back, all the way back in <laughs> in in 2020. Yeah. And it was a great, it was a great experience, at least for me. There was, there was a significant, not, maybe not a day one, like day, day one, (laughs) month one patch, I I guess you would call it. And they fixed a lot of glaring issues, at least on the PC side. I had a great fucking time. Hmm. I thought the game was amazing. The, the ray tracing effects, the graphical fidelity was top fucking notch. That said... I I did get a piece, PlayStation 4 copy and just popped it in to my PlayStation without without doing any of the patches. Yeah. And I swear anytime it hit a load screen, motherfucker would crash. Damn. It was pretty bad. I can understand if you were on a uh, a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro, Xbox X1, Xbox One X console, it kind of fucking sucked. And it wasn't until I want to say the the 1.5 patch release, which happened, I think, earlier this year. You didn't even get the benefit of the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X hardware. Damn. It kind of sucked. That's a, that's a whole sucked. fucking year and some change? That's Two a, years almost? Just, just a fucking bout. Yeah. They have, I want to say, kind of turned it around, though. And unfortunate... That the roadmap that they had provided us earlier had talked all about this fucking DLC that they were going to give us. All the great shit that was happening. But because of how poor of a state the game was in, essentially the first year, year and a half, was essentially just fixing all the broken shit. Yeah. And there was really nothing that they could do content-wise to fulfill what they had originally talked about. However, now, just this past week... They finally gave us details about the free downloadable content that they they had promised. However, <laughs> just bad news for the bad news for the PS4 and Xbox One folks. Yeah. Patch 1.6, the the last patch that's going to be supporting your consoles. You got to get a PS5. You got to get a Series X. If not, go fuck yourself. So the DLC just is just the unplayable last on previous gen. One hundred percent. You're not going to be able to play it previous gen, guys. PC, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series S or X. Got to get one of them shits. Damn. But previous gen, you got this last patch. It's called the Edge Runners Update. All right. There are, and oh man, I don't have it here. I didn't want to show it. It's essentially like five or six pages of, of patch notes. Damn. So they they really so version one point six various tons of various bug fixes and improvements. They finally introduced transmogging. 
if you had this just badass outfit, but it didn't have the correct stats that you wanted for your for your player build, you know, you would look like a fucking clown. Yeah. But now you can actually transmog that shit. You can look exactly how you want to while still re- re- uh, retaining all of the awesome stat boosts from the other equipment. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah, that's not bad. That's they not also bad. Intru- it's not bad. It's not bad. It's good. They also introduced cross-safe progression mm-hmm. on their supported platforms. Not really too sure what the supported platforms mean. But that means if you own the game across multiple different places, I own it on GOG. I own it on, shit, PlayStation 4, Xbox. I own three, three, at least three copies of the game for God sure. So now you can actually share those save games across platforms. That's cool. Which means that I don't have to start the game over if I want to. If I want to play it on, on my. If I want to play it on the couch, I don't have to. I don't have to start over, which yeah. is going to be good. This Edge Runners update is also kind of a collaboration. They they have a anime coming on Netflix, right? So this is a collaboration project between CD Projekt Red themselves and Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger, I want to say that they did uh, Little Witch Academia and Kill La Kill. Oh, okay. So those are the two that those are the yeah. So those are the two that I that I recognized out of out of the stuff that they've done. So those two are coming together and they're creating an anime called Cyberpunk Edge Runners. And that's coming up not too not too far from now. This is being recorded on September 11th, but you should be able to hop on to Netflix on September 13th to catch the show. Nice. It's looking and it's looking decent. Looking decent. And finally, outside of the update, the 1.6 update, they did release a trailer, which our YouTube folks are are being able to to see right now, showing off Phantom Liberty, which is what the DLC. The only DLC, however. If you if you think of some other projects that CD Projekt Red has done, like The Witcher 3, they had some significant DLC. Really good DLC that came out of The Witcher 3 game. But because of all the issues that CD Projekt Red has had with Cyberpunk, essentially it's one and done for them. After this, after this DLC is, is released, it essentially signals the end of support that CD Projekt Red will have for Cyberpunk 2077. At least for content updates, right? They may yeah. do bug fixes. They may fixes. do some bug fixes and stuff like that, but you're not going to get any more support. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the closure of the Cyberpunk 2077. Just bullshit. Keanu Reeves is coming back as Johnny Silverhand. He was a significant part of the, the main campaign in the, in the original game, so he's He's coming back. I'm assuming that means that he's recorded lines, maybe done some mocap. I don't know, but he's he's going to be a part of it. So it's not just going to be V, the you know the main character. And uh, again, like I said, probably going to be the last major content update, which is unfortunate. Cyber twenty Cyberpunk 2077 was actually a good game in the end, hmm. even when I played it in the beginning. It was a damn good game. It's unfortunate that they fucked it up this bad. It could have been really good. Well, hopefully, really good. hopefully, I, I I I jump into it at least when the DLC comes out. Uh, Bro, like I, you can get the game for like ten bucks. It's super word? cheap. Like oh. they the the game the game price dropped like a fucking rock after all this bullshit happened. You can get it super fucking cheap. I have to check it out then because I, I I'm pretty sure it's playable on the Steam Deck, like really really well. So, granted, it's you know you can try it out lower resolution. It's whatever, but. 
to be able yeah, to just like I'll, play it like on my couch. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, one last thing. So I think a lot of the issues they had mm-hmm. was because of the the custom engine that they used for Cyberpunk. Yeah, it it does seem like CD Projekt Red is moving more towards uh, Unreal Engine Five. Hopefully, that means if if that is true, work on. I, I want to say that they have confirmed. I don't know if it's straight from CD Projekt Red, but I believe there is some confirmation that there is talks about a new Witcher game and potentially a new Cyberpunk game coming out sometime in the future. This is probably not going to happen for another four or five years, but at least if they have a solid game engine foundation like like Unreal Engine 5, mm-hmm. we should hopefully not see this kind of bullshit again. <laughs> for sure. it's It sucks. For sure. We've also had some new hardware, so let's get out of that. That uh, it's just depressing shit. Let's get some new shiny stuff that you can Fuck spend yeah, your hard-earned dude. money on. Nintendo dropped a Splatoon three fucking Switch last week. Yep, last week. It was awesome. It was. It's a. It's really a gorgeous OLED system. Now they announced. That they are releasing a Pokemon Violet and Scarlet Special Edition OLED Switch. I'm pumped. It looks pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, they've gotten much. They've gotten gotten really good with their special edition hardware. A lot of a lot of nice little details, especially especially on the back. They've they've used that space on the back of the of the switch of uh, the switch the switch dock and the switch itself. Yeah, the switch dock and the and the Joy Cons. There's a lot of good little detail mm-hmm. that they put on the back. It's all over the place. Yeah, it, it's, it's like graffiti good... or something like that, or like yeah, the they have they from have the more classes. of like a. Well, the the Splatoon three was more of like a street art, yeah. kind of graffiti type of thing. But I, you're right; it does have a little gritty graffiti look on the on the back. There's a lot of little, you know, borders and details and things like that on mm-hmm. the front. On the back, there's just a whole, there's a whole massive shit, yeah, related to Pokemon Scarlet and in Violet that they put on the back. I'm buying Looks this good. motherfucker as soon as it comes out. As soon as it hits pre-orders. <laughs> no, Nintendo did say that it is coming out November fourth, twenty twenty-two. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say that I don't believe that they have talked about when pre-orders will actually drop. That being said. Amazon UK, they've actually opened up pre-orders for the motherfucker already. What the fuck? They, they opened it up. They opened it up today, Sunday, uh, September 11th. Still hasn't sold out. You can still pre-order if you go to the Amazon.co.uk website. You can actually find that motherfucker. Hmm. Now, of course, you're going to have to go through the the possibility that Amazon UK will cancel your order because you don't live in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And maybe the conversion rate of the currency might not be beneficial if you ordered. But if this is this is something you want, hey, man, they won't charge you until it's time to ship it out. So go ahead and pre-order it now and worry about it later. Pre-order it in multiple places. It's super easy just to cancel that son of a bitch. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. And and worst case, you get, you know, you get a a decent console. Uh, at a good price when it's going to be hard as hell to find it later on. So, yep. And you won't have, as Americans, you don't have to pay the VAT tax. Most of the time when they display this stuff on, on their websites, they display it with VAT tax. That gets subtracted immediately 
and essentially covers your your shipping cost. Oh, word! So you you may you may actually be able to get it for, especially since the since the dollar is so is Broken so strong right now. Right so now good. You might you might you might actually get it for a decent price compared to buying it in the in the U.S. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Try it out. Try it out. There's like I said, there is essentially no downside. They may just, like I said, they may just give you an email and cancel your your order. They did that for me with Scarlet and Violet, their double pack. Yeah. That includes a steel book. That's like UK specific only. They canceled that on me. And I was like, fuck you. And I went back and I pre-ordered it again. <laughs> Eat my ass. Eat the whole Eat fucking thing, bitch. Holy shit. So go for it. Next, we have new Sony hardware, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Sony has been Sony has been doing some things with the PS5. Hasn't really been noticeable, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not unless you open it up. So we found out that Sony has actually released a third revision of their PlayStation Five. Right now, I believe it's only being sold in Australia. But this new model number. That should be out in the wild and probably available anywhere you can get a PS5 in the next next few months. The model number is CFI 1200. The major changes that we found out through Austin Evans' YouTube website is that the motherboard and the component locations has been completely redesigned from previous models. The total height of the motherboard itself has been reduced by about two inches. It's almost it's almost half the size of the case itself. And for our YouTubers, if you're if you're looking at the screen, it's going to be the one in the middle. And you can see that there's just a whole bunch of blank space at the top of mm-hmm. the console now. The heat sink has also been reduced in size. The original model of the PlayStation 5, it essentially had this giant fucking copper heat sink, super expensive, but super necessary if you're trying to cool down something with that pumps out a whole bunch of heat so sony's been able to reduce the size and the type of material i think it's closer to aluminum and they've been able to reduce the amount of copper right so if you combine that all together the new motherboard the new heat sink we're seeing about a 200 gram savings in weight compared to the previous cfi 1100 redesign that i want to say happened in 2021 so if you have a Horizon Zero Dawn bundle for PS5, most likely you have the uh, the CFI 1100 model. That's the second revision. Mm. Now, the only the only thing that kind of sucks about this this new leaner PlayStation 5 is what they did with the CMOS battery. So the CMOS battery right now is hidden behind the heat sink, so you essentially have to take the entire thing apart in order to reach the CMOS battery doesn't sound like a big deal and for most people i don't expect it to really be a big deal but the problem is that the cmos battery actually was the focus of an issue that happened with sony last year they were calling it the c-bomb right so here's here's what the c-bomb is is supposed to be if the sony ps5 has a dead CMOS battery. And essentially what a CMOS battery is, it it, it keeps an in, the internal clock running. 
-hmm. okay so your your pc anything that has to keep an internal uh clock typically keeps that keeps that cycle going with the cmos battery attached to the motherboard if it dies you'll notice because when you launch for example let's say your your wii your wii u your 3ds it it asks you to set the time again and it'll default to something stupid like you know december 31st 20 you know 2001 something like that and you have to manually set the date and time over and over again it won't save because your cmos battery is dead well the problem with that on the on the ps5 is how it treats software so if you have a dead cmos battery well on top of top of a couple of things the second the second one's the the one that probably isn't going to be an issue to most if you have a dead cmos battery and you don't have your ps5 connected to the internet last year sony was unable to validate the license for your digital software that you had on your machine so if you purchase digital games from the playstation store and you didn't have an internet connection and a working CMOS battery, Sony was like, I don't think you own this digital game, bro. We're not going to launch it. You can go you can go fuck yourself. Damn. Kind of sucks. Now, the only reason people notice this is because, and as somebody who purchases physical games, you know, I follow a lot of these people. They're, mm-hmm. they're worried about game preservation, about the ability to play your games without having to connect to anybody's servers. Whether it's the game company, like a Bethesda server, a Microsoft server, Sony server. Or just that, for for whatever reason, if you just don't want to connect online, if you just want to play in an offline state for the entire time that you own the console, maybe you're in a location that doesn't have good internet connection. Or maybe you don't have access to internet. You can still play these games. You can still experience them. But this C-bomb issue was preventing people from doing that. And there was actually some physical games. I want to say that Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate was an early example. It just refused to to finish installing the game to the hard drive. There could have been maybe a uh, just a quick check to validate that this uh, this PS5 was had a had a working uh, clock or something like that. You know, uh, maybe gotcha. that the like it, let's say that the Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate wanted to ensure that the internal clock was set to a specific date, so that way maybe somebody stole a copy of Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate before it was released. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, bitch, like you're trying to play the game before we even intended people to have it, so we're not allowing you to install the game. Sony went ahead and fixed that issue. Okay. They fixed the issue silent. They didn't come out and acknowledge it. They didn't even really say that this problem was an issue. So it looks like it's fixed. But at the same time, it's it's just another layer that could prevent you to play games if your CMOS battery dies at some point in time. And the ability to get there and fix it easily without having to tear the entire goddamn thing apart is important for some people. So maybe this doesn't this doesn't this doesn't affect you. You don't care. And that's fine. But for some people this was this was a very very uh very hard issue to deal with. And if you've if you own an original console, 
or if you end up purchasing an original console, let's say that you find um, 10 years from now, you purchase a, a new PS5, a launch edition PS5, that's never connected to the internet, and Sony doesn't have servers up for the PS5 anymore, then there are some games that are just not going to work for you. Fuck. It does suck. That sucks. Oh, also a quick thing. PS Plus downloads, this this has no bearing on any of that shit. Okay. So if you have a PlayStation Plus account and you think like, wait a minute, if I if I get PlayStation Plus for one month, I download all the fucking digital games that I can, and then I disconnect the console from the internet and take off the CMOS battery, I can own these games forever. As long as I don't connect to as long as Sony doesn't know. Yeah. No, that, that doesn't apply. They 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 know about that shit. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about trying to outsmart Sony. No matter what you do, anything that you download from PlayStation Plus, you got to be connected to the internet, man. Yep. It's all good. So next up we have Xbox Game Pass. They they dropped the new games that they're they're doing for September. There's some there's some okay stuff. Yeah. Some okay stuff. As far as games that you're going to be able to keep, you got Disney's Dreamlight Valley Founders Edition. Cool. That game is apparently a fucking banger, dude. Is it? Yeah. It's it's uh Stardew Valley with actual um uh shit to do. So I I guess Stardew Valley yeah, plus Animal out. Crossing. So like, you know how Nook in Animal Crossing is kind of an asshole and is like charging you shells to build a house and do all this other shit. Instead of Nook, yeah. you have Scrooge McDuck. And everybody on God this damn. island has lost their memories, so you have to go around and figure out how to get their memories back while doing all these quests and shit. And so you help Wally clean up the the scrapyard that he he lives in and help him plant stuff. And then you get rewards and you take that back. And there's like all this churning that goes through it. Honestly, kind of a fucking banger of a game. I've been watching a lot of people play it. It looks really fucking good. It's a sleeper hit. Xbox Game Pass users, you got a fucking diamond in the rough right there. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, fucking jump it's available on it. For, yeah. Cloud, console, and PC. Jump on that motherfucker. Yeah. The next game we got is Opus Magnum. I don't know. And then shit after about that, this you game. have I don't know shit about it either. <laughs> you stop me if you know anything about it. I didn't do a lot of research. <laughs> Train Sim World Three. Oh, by the way, Op- Opus Magnum's for PC. Train Sim World Three, however, is for console and PC. So that's what you're getting as of September sixth when this announcement was made. So we got we got some more stuff. On September 13th, you're getting Ashes of Singularity Escalation for PC. Excuse me. Also on the 13th, you're getting DC League of Super Pets. The Adventures of Crypto and Ace. That's probably a banger, too. I don't know. You know anything about that, Bradley? Uh, I I saw the animation for it. It looks neat. I don't know shit about the gameplay. I, I have no idea what it's supposed to be. I don't know either. But it is available for cloud console and PC on September 13th. Mm-hmm. You Suck at Parking will be available September 14th for cloud console and PC. That just sounds like PTSD in a game. <laughs> it does. It does sound. I hate that. Was, that was one of my first interactions with Janet's dad, my wife's dad, where it's him uh, talking shit to me about me reverse parking a U-Haul. So I, I could not stand that. I recently had to move family members, <laughs> yeah. and they had a 
they rented out a 26 foot U-Haul yeah. truck, and they were telling me, "You might have to help us drive, drive down." <laughs> and they 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 were moving they were moving about four or five hundred miles away. Yeah, we might need you to drive the truck. And I was like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> That sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. I don't get a lot that of sounds... anxiety, but the idea of backing up a truck without assisted cameras and stuff gives me a fucking heart attack. So it does. <laughs> fuck this game. I could <laughs> if if it wasn't a twenty six footer, yeah, U Haul, I might have I might have gone with it, but driving that across, you know, inner inner city, mm-hmm. you know, in Texas, all you have is these fucking two lane highways. Where there's nothing on the side of you. Yeah. You get into just, just boondock country. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one mistake, and you're stuck in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. Forever. Anxiety-inducing. Yeah, fuck that. The, I, the next But here's game, something though. that made... Yeah, the next game, <laughs> Despot's game, for console and PC, September 15th, might not cause you anxiety, so you might want to try that out. The only game that I kind of really look forward to even though i i don't have game pass at least not now game pass look at me sounding all you're so fucking cool all fancy and shit metal hellsinger this game will be available on pc xbox series x and s this is the i want to say it's a metal rhythm game it's a metal rhythm fps it looks a fucking amazing yeah so september 15th you get that shit you get that shit. Yeah. Play the fuck out of That's it. It's not all good news. Yeah, it's not all this is not all good news though. No. So September fifteenth, we got a list of games that are gonna be leaving. Leaving? Look at me. I haven't even drunk that much yet. I haven't even opened the Berber County. Ooh. This is gonna get rough after this. Yeah. Strap on boys. You're still fu- <laughs> I always I always have a strap on. <laughs> God damn. I think the term is Mind strap me never in. to bend over. <laughs> Remember never. <laughs> I think it was strap in. Yeah. Remember never to. Remember, remind me never to bend over in front of you, you sick son of a bitch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So games living, games leaving <laughs> Xbox Game Pass. I, I still couldn't. I still can't get it right. Oh, I'm shit. really, I'm really, I'm really embodying the kind of like the cholo kind of look that I got going now. Yeah. You should just call me you just call me little joker from now on. Oh my I god. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Games leaving, not leaving. <laughs> September 15th. You have a Plague Tale Innocence for cloud console and PC going away. By the time you listen to this, you might only have a couple of days. You get the fuck on it. Yeah. Aragami 2 for cloud console and PC is also leaving, as long as, as well as Bugs Fable, the everlasting sapling, cloud console and PC, Craftopia, cloud console and PC, Final Fantasy 13, to some the best Final Fantasy, that's also leave, leaving on console and PC on September 15th, Flynn, Son of Crimson, cloud console and PC, I Am Fish for cloud console and PC, Lost Words Beyond the Page. Again, Cloud Console and PC. Might Goose. Cloud Console and PC. Skatebird. And The Artful Escape. All from Cloud Console and PC. I I feel bad for people missing out on some of these. Like, Bug Fables is essentially Paper Mario, but better. Um, Might Goose is... 
oh god what is that fucking uh arcade game where you have little army dudes and you got you got to cut people out of the ropes and you shoot guns and hop in vehicles um fuck dude fuck. everybody's played it uh but it's it's that oh. game metal slug it's it's essentially metal slug. oh it's a metal slug yeah Skatebird okay. is sick oh, as that... fuck. There's a lot of fucking good games on here that people are going to miss out on. Uh, fucking it, it shame. Does suck. Even Flynn's yeah. Son of Crimson is fucking good. A lot of bangers there. Jesus, this is this is sad. I'm sad now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> Unfortunately, you guys will only have a couple of days when this stuff gets re- whenever this podcast gets released to you to play it. So please, please play them if you haven't. Yeah, you only have a couple of days left. The only interesting thing is Microsoft says to check back on September 15th during the Tokyo Game Show because reasons, I guess. We have no clue what's happening. They may have additional titles. Microsoft does have a, a slot in, on Thursday, the first day of excuse me, the Tokyo Game Show. So we may be getting some more stuff from them. Hmm. They may be, may be coming to Game Pass. Maybe it's like a day one drop. Maybe they're going to do some day one drops or something like that. Yeah, maybe. It sounds interesting. So keep keep your ears and eyes peeled. Peel your eyes, too. On September 15th to see if Microsoft adds anything additional to Game Pass. We might get some good stuff. All right. Some boring stuff. Unfortunately, it seems like we're going to have to have a section for this every fucking time we have a podcast. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but Tencent, these sons of bitches, they decided they had some shit to do this past week. So Tencent has acquired a 49.9% economic stake and a 5% voting rights stake in the Guimo Brothers Limited. Guimo, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this son of a bitch right because they're French. The Guimo Brothers Limited are named after the founders of Ubisoft. Hmm. Ubisoft is, at this point, their majority stakeholder is the Guimo Brothers. They originally started the 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 Ubisoft company in the in its early days. They ended up selling and selling out to some other company, and then they they created the Guimon Guimo Brothers Limited as kind of their collective. And they purchased little bits of Ubisoft back. So they're kind of taking their company back. Tencent acquired a 49.9% stake in the Guimo Brothers Limited. So not Ubisoft itself, but one of the largest shareholders of Ubisoft. They have an economic state in in that company. So Tencent couldn't get into Ubisoft. So they went for the largest shareholder in Ubisoft and became a 5% voting right party inside of that company it's it's crazy because they probably could have gone after ubisoft themselves true i don't know why they are going in this direction maybe it's cheaper this way maybe the guimo brothers limited only owns about 22 percent of ubisoft right now so they have others they have other people that tencent could have could have given money to yeah it seems like the the total amount of investment from tencent is around 300 million euros the 200 million is for share acquisitions and 100 million of it is for capital increase damn not only that they're actually providing a long-term unsecured loan to refinance debt and 
additional financial resources to acquire additional equity in Ubisoft. These guys are dumping money on the largest shareholder of Ubisoft. It's like, hey guys, you going through some problems right now? Like, here's some money, pay off, pay off your 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 creditors, and here's a little extra. Why don't you go buy some more Ubisoft shares? Why don't you become an even bigger shareholder of Ubisoft? Are they just trying to shake up the market, man? These motherfuckers just have their their fingers in everything. I don't, I don't know. It's it's they wild. Don't, they they did this. There and it's not just that. So the Guimo brothers actually released a press release saying that Tencent, even with their forty nine point nine percent economic stake, is not going to have a board of director spot. Mm. And they even are, they are, they specifically called out that they will not have any consent or veto rights over the business. Tencent will not have any veto rights or consent for anything over the business. This is almost legit purchasing technically a minority stake in the Guimo Brothers Limited yeah. and then saying I don't want to I don't want to do anything. We're going to give you this money. We're going to technically own less than 50%. You guys still own the majority. Do what you need to do. Get in good financial standing. Try to purchase Ubisoft back, I guess is what they're trying to do. You know That's what I mean? That's so wild. And the crazy thing is, is like this isn't the first time this has happened. Back in back in 2018, mm-hmm. Vivendi was talking about purchasing Ubisoft in a hostile takeover. This is essentially Tencent allowing the Guimo brothers to have a stronger stake in Ubisoft so that anybody who ever thinks about pursuing a hostile takeover Mm -hmm. is essentially going to get shut the fuck down. Ah, it's wild. It's wild what Tencent is doing here. It's wild. It's weird. And it's weird about- for them for to like to 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 protect Ubisoft through a, a a third party. It, but I guess that's just what you have to do when you when you want when you don't want to see the market get fucked. And you so. have so much investment in other areas, and if they make a shift, like it fucks all of your other investments. It's crazy. This is some kind of I'm not a I'm not a financial whiz. I don't know much about corporate corporate law or takeovers. This this has got to be some some wild shit. Yeah. This has got to be some wild shit. Damn. What's... Yeah. Well, <laughs> on top of being wild, I'm about to open <laughs> Let's County. Go. So, let's, let's fucking go. go. Holy shit. And while I while I open this up, we're actually going to get to the best part of this podcast. Oh my god, thank god. The showcases, dude. This smells incredible, dude. <laughs> you sound this like you just absolutely hit, incredible. You, you sound like you just hit a fucking blunt. You're like, <laughs> oh, dude, I haven't had a bourbon county in so long. Fuck, dude. We have some. We have some that we purchased uh, like four years ago, maybe five years ago, because they sell them during Black Friday. That's the only time we were able to get them done here in Houston. Um, and they normally go on sale at like specs. 
So like you have to go line up and Specs always has like a limited amount and it's typically only the downtown Houston Specs location or like a Woodlands location that'll have them. So damn. Yeah, it's it's kind of a yeah. fucking nightmare to to be able I, to get. I them. have Yeah, the 2016 is the oldest one that I have and the next one up I think is 2017. And I have one or two variations. Hmm. I have the original Bourbon County, and then I have an orange variation. Ooh, what the fuck? I didn't know they made Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I remember talking to your wife about it, and she was like, nah. I, yeah. I think she, uh, she, doesn't she like may orange. have grown sour on, on, the, on the Bourbon County ones. Yeah. Well, it's because we don't crack them open as much as we used to. Uh, I mean, we used to... I mean, back... Back at the old house, we were fucking lit wild alcoholics because having the pool and everybody was over at the pool every fucking weekend. So we did a lot of drinking. Gotcha. Uh, we've calmed that way down. <laughs> this thing is so goddamn smooth, dude. So uh, goddamn smooth. Fuck. I may have to crack open one next uh, next podcast then. Holy shit. Mm. Well, let's Tell dig into what. this fucking first showcase, man. You ready? We will. Before we start, let me, okay. let me just say okay. if... If the other ones that I have the the orange variation and the other one, mm-hmm. if if they if they're around they're around four or five years old, I'll bring it over and maybe we'll do an in person one in person podcast. Well, we'll just we'll just drink and share. Hell you know yeah, I mean? that that could be fun. We could we could do um we could do a flight. We could do a flight. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I love where this is going. Yeah. And you'll love it too because we're about to get into a couple of showcases that we had this past week. I will go ahead and say that I'm not going to go over Disney's Marvel and Disney's showcase that they did. They absolutely they showed almost absolutely nothing that I gave a fuck about. Sorry guys. Go fuck go em. look it up yourself. I yeah. don't give a shit. Fuck them. Exactly. The two that we are going to be talking about this week though. The first one, NIS America showcase. I fucking love NIS. Me too. I dude. love what they fucking do. And I didn't hear anybody talk about this shit. Nobody said anything about NIS. Everybody sleeps on NIS, which, which is Which is a shame, right? I feel it like they're the modern day shame. working design. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Between companies like Exceed and NIS America, those are the only motherfuckers that are bringing all of these weird, quirky, Japanese games and giving them over to the West. Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't have this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's go over a few that we have that they talked about during their showcase last week. The first one is Grim Grimoire Once More. This is an old game from developer Vanillaware. This new remaster, I guess is what they're going to call it, is being released on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and the Switch coming spring 2023. Again, this is a remaster of a PlayStation 2 game. It is kind of like a 2D side-scrolling strategy game type thing. So you guys take the control of a witch trainee named Lilette Bland, who is stuck in a repeating five-day, kind of like a Groundhog Day scenario type thing. You're going to be having battles that take place using familiars across four different magical schools that are unlocked during the course of the game. You have Glamour, Alchemy, Necromancy and sorcery it's a very interesting game i don't know if i'm exactly going to be messing with it um the strategy side of it 
it looks pretty cool. The concept itself looks pretty cool, but uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty cheap on the PS2 right now. You can get a, a sealed copy for like 35 bucks. Fuck you don't want to play. You don't want to play the remastered version. Fuck that. Have you, did you, did you have any experience with this game? I didn't. Uh, I've, I think I remember seeing this back in the day, uh, but back then I was, I, I, I think we've talked about it before. Uh, I'm a big uh, NIS or Nipponichi software uh, fan, uh, but I wasn't so hardcore into their stuff back then. I was into like Disgaea and a couple other games. Um, but I've started to like really dig into just some other like weird titles uh, and I'll buy them. Sometimes I'll play them. Sometimes I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I've already pre-ordered this motherfucker uh, for the 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 deluxe edition on Switch, which comes with like an art book and everything else. I think it's fifty dollars. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, yeah the 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 deluxe editions for a lot of these games they tend to be they tend to be cheaper than even full priced AAA games. Yeah, I mean even on the PS5 where they hit seventy bucks, you can get a full blown collector's edition of this motherfucker for yeah. less than that. Yeah, for these games. And if you're if you're into the art, and I think the art in this game is beautiful, uh, I think they spent a lot of uh, good time on it. Um, so with the deluxe edition, you get like an art book and a couple other things. So, um, I as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I'm fucking sold. I don't even give a shit what this game's about. I'm I'm gonna play it just for the probably for the art style alone, uh, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully since they're remastering it, um, it's not a shit game. <laughs> But I, I think so. It. I haven't looked at any of the. I want to say it was probably. Yeah, I want to say that it was probably one of those. Uh, what do you call them? A, a gem. Some, yeah, like yeah. one of those one of those hidden gems from the PlayStation Two era that not a lot of people paid attention to, and now they're going to bring it back and they're going to. Re- Rake in the cash on it. Probably they're going to redraw the assets, make them high definition. Probably some good stuff. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably with you. I'm. I want to say that I'm probably gonna end up ordering a lot of deluxe collectors editions for these games, just because I love NIS. I yeah. Say. And NIS has been on this kick lately of uh, re-releasing old titles with like Phantom Brave and everything else. They come in these uh, yeah. box sets. Even the, they have these uh, uh, collections, mm-hmm. like these uh, classic collections or something like yeah. that. And I want to say they're only for the Switch. I think so, I think and you you get games. you get two games in each one uh, mm-hmm. for forty bucks, fifty bucks, something like that, depending on the the title. Um, uh, I I missed out on the printy one, so it's printy one and two. It's a rogue light type of game. You get ninety nine lives, and you have like I don't know, like fifty levels or something. And it's always something stupid. Like I think the first game is trying to get this girl's panties back because somebody steals her panties, so she's upset. And so she sends the uh, little little penguins out. And so 99 of them uh, go out uh, to get her panties back. And I think the second one is about a cake. So you have to go find the cake. Uh, it's the same type of game, just a side-scrolling uh, action platformer. It's pretty neat. Um, but it it went out of print for a little bit. And... If you could find it, it was no less than two hundred fucking dollars on like eBay and stuff. Uh, but it just oh, came back God. in print on Amazon literally the day after I won a bid for eighty eighty eight dollars, ninety dollars, something like that. I felt like I got such a steal on it, and then very next fucking day, it was back on Amazon for like sixty bucks. 
I was super pissed. <laughs> Son so, of a bitch. For anyone well, into you're, Yeah, I, I have a feeling I, I'm one of those people who tend to get on either a publisher or developer kick, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling that I'm going to get on some NIS bullshit, and I'm going to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars just to collect everything that they've released from the past decade or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some good stuff. Yeah, there's some good shit out there. They got another another good game uh, coming out, which is a weird fucking mashup, and I'm I'm kind of excited about it. It's uh, I'm kind of yeah, dude. I'm the Monster of... Menu Scavengers Cookbook, right? So that's also coming for PS5, PS4, and Switch, releasing yeah. in spring of 2023. It's a strategy RPG game. I'm not too sure how much of the strategy part uh, actually actually goes into the gameplay itself because it kind of seems that you're your group of these i guess you want to say hungry adventures and mm-hmm. you're stuck inside of a labyrinth so the gameplay loop is essentially defeating and en- or going inside of this these labyrinth these levels to defeat enemies collect ingredients and then coming back to your camp mixing them up cooking whatever and based on the recipes and the food that you cook you increase your stats so I guess you eventually go back in and just repeat the process yeah. to eventually win the game. This... The, go the, ahead. Real quick, the the Japanese game. The if you if you translate the title, mm-hmm. it's called like Cal- Cannibal something. Oh, so I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued because they don't really talk too much about it in the in the gameplay that they've shown. I wonder if you're going to end up being able to cook like other people. <laughs> <laughs> you meet you know, people, you're gonna get yeah. Just like a, just like a ham bone or something like that from somebody's 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 thigh. Damn. Yeah, because the one of the things it says is you'll do anything and everything to make it out alive. So it's like what exactly? What what are you going to fucking have to eat to get out of this fucking I, labyrinth? Yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. So yeah. what do you think about it? Well, so it reminds me of Disgaea a lot. So it's a SRPG. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. The graphics kind of bother me because they look like a, just a up res looking mobile game type of thing. Um, which I get you. I, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, the the kind of gist that I get of this is Monster Hunter type of vibe, but with an SRPG because you're going in and you're just farming monsters over and over and over again to get parts and then using those parts instead of making equipment you're making a dinner and then you eat it and that's how you essentially get your stats like you would from armor and monster hunter um it seems neat i like the concept uh it's just a different twist on you know getting experience or getting armor um yeah 100 and and i'm in i don't care like it, honestly like how it looks it, it it's neat enough it's unique enough um and like I said earlier, I, I will probably buy everything that Nippon Ichi puts on the Switch. So I'm, I'm going to get it. <laughs> exactly. Know. And it's just one of those things that happens after you've been just exposed to all of these AAA, AA games from all of these huge publishers, all these huge developers. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta mix it up a bit. Yeah. And companies like this are putting out all of these weird things with very niche kind of kind of um, just niche specific gameplay types yeah. that you don't find everywhere else. No. Or maybe you'll find maybe just a little bit of, 
but they don't go all in like these motherfuckers are doing. Yeah, and it, so I agree. I was going to say, it looks like in the trailer, too, for the people who are watching on YouTube, it, it looks like there's a collectible type of thing where you can run around on the map. So you're just not locked into an isometric battle view. It looks like there's some type of area like what you would have in uh, Animal Crossing, like a open world type of area where you can go around and collect like materials and shit. One of the first things that I thought when I saw the trailer was it 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 may have been either a dungeon crawler type of thing mm-hmm. or some sort of roguelite but it doesn't seem like it's that it i want to say it it's probably focused more on just finding the enemies killing as many as you can before you i guess potentially need to eat just to just to cook up the ingredients get stronger go out there get you know kill bigger stuff something like yeah yeah very interesting concept and i'm looking i'm looking for more for sure well, when you when you decide to jump down the rabbit hole of like the weird shit that they make, there's like weird stuff like fat princess fist full of cake and <laughs> all of fat princess. Uh, fat princess was probably the f- I remember that game yeah. a long time. It's ago. It's a long, like, long time back. ago. There was also yeah. uh, oh fuck, it was uh, can I be the dungeon master or something like that, where you're playing like the an evil dude and. Uh, heroes invade your dungeon and you have to set up traps and monsters everywhere and they kind of come through it like dig dug type of style it was it was it was fun as fuck um they make some they were everything that they make is like is tight in terms of like gameplay because they 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 really dig into like the weird stuff one of these days we're gonna have to do an nis i'm down i'm down i'm down to explore all of their shit uh i think it's super fun yeah Let's look at the next game they got. Yeah, so the next game that they did during their presentation was something called Process of Elimination. Yeah, this one's weird. This one's weird. Coming out for PS4 and Switch. Well, I don't know. Fuck you, man. I didn't think it was that weird. <laughs> so PS4 and Switch coming out spring 2023. I want to say that almost all of these are coming out spring 2023. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a Agatha Christie type murder mystery game. The, the way that they set this up is that there is a serial killer called the Quartering Duke who's killed over 100 people, right? There is this detective alliance situated in the island of Morgue. And the this detective alliance is attempting to, to find out who the Quartering Duke is. Who is the serial killer? You are kind of this, I want to say, bumbling new detective, and you find yourself on the island of Morgue, surrounded by this group of 13 people that are part of the Detective Alliance. And while you're there, through a series of events, what have you, you find out that there is a killer amongst you. So the game, it revolves around interviewing a whole bunch of people on the island, looking for clues... There is a interactive crime scene map that you're going to be using to kind of discover, you know, little bits and pieces about who this killer is. I want to say this is probably more of a interactive style. I don't even want to call it an Ace Attorney thing. I was going to say this is very much like uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is is exactly how it feels to me. So the Phoenix the Phoenix Ride games, there's the the clue hunting is very primitive. Yeah. You know? It's 
there's not a whole bunch to it before because the main the main chunk of those Ace Attorney games is the is the actual is the actual uh, the court the court process itself. Mm-hmm. I think this is a little bit more focused on the clue finding, and you're going to be doing a lot more interviewing in order to kind of piece this thing together. I'm I'm kind of down with it. I really I really love Phoenix Wright and that stuff. I just kind of wish there was actually a little bit more on the clue side. Yeah. So this this may be a little bit more closer to some of the older style games from at least they at least they were there was like a point and click there were point and click games back in the early nineties um, like on the Mist NES at least shit? I I don't want to say oh, Mist <laughs> early nineties no, um, Mist was like much later early nineties in 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 like Mario's there was these there was these point and click <laughs> adventure games. Where like the for the NES it was the uninvited, oh. Shadowgate. Oh yeah, yeah, Shadowgate, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you would go through all of these different areas and you would hunt for clues and you know you would find things and use that to to unlock other areas or proceed proceed further than you could before. And I think this is kind of a little bit similar to that. So I'm kind of into it. I I love that kind of shit. Yeah, I, I'm into it too. Uh, I my my initial thought was this of this was anime murder mystery. I'm I'm fully fucking invested. Uh, the characters look cool. You got yeah. Uh, they're all of them have very unique silhouettes, so meaning they're very identifiable. They look like they all have different personalities. The way that you see them in the trailer, you got some uh, for your super weebs out there. You got some big mommy milkers on a couple of characters, um, and it. It just looks like uh like it's gonna be a fun a fun game. Hopefully there's like some replayability in there. Hopefully the you know there's um choice matters types of gameplay. Uh I would hate to see a murder mystery type of game because they're typically pretty short. Um come out and not have branching paths and multiple uh endings. Um so if it's a one and done type of game, it it could be pretty upsetting, but I don't I don't foresee uh, NIS producing a game like that. They typically have multiple endings in a lot of their games. So, not oh, true that. And next up, well, finally, Void Terrarium Two. This is a sequel to their 2020 game Void Terrarium, releasing in the West finally for the PS4 Switch on Spring 2023. The Void Terrarium series is roguelike. In gameplay, kind of like Chocopo Dungeon, if you've played that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, they've already released it in Japan. They released it actually this summer in 2022. They released it earlier this summer. That doesn't look like they're doing any much different from the from the previous Void Terrarium game. You're still playing a maintenance robot. You're still taking care of the last human on on you know some some kind of apocalyptic toxic earth. A uh, girl named Tariko. And essentially what you're doing is you're going into these dungeons, killing all these things, bringing all this stuff back, converting all of your items into these various currencies that you can use to build the terrarium to kind of house and keep this last person alive on Earth, Tariko, safe. And... 
it's it looks pretty cool. Actually, I didn't play the the previous Void Terrarium game because I didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah, me either. But now that I've kind of dug a little bit deeper into it, it it looks really cool. The I'm really I'm really big into roguelike games, and in my experience dealing with those type of games, Tariko is essentially the the hunger mechanic. I want to say from roguelites. It basically limits the 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 amount of floors that you can explore in roguelike dungeons. So she'll be in situations where she gets hungry, she gets sick, and so you're unable to stay out into the dungeons collecting all of these items and things that you use to essentially build the terrarium to to kind of house this Tariko person. Hmm. And the more that you the the more and the deeper that you explore the more currency that you can end up getting, the more things that you can build for her and for yourself. And it essentially gives you permanent upgrades at that point. Hmm. So when you go back into the dungeons, you can you can go for longer, you're going to be stronger, you can come back out and maybe even prevent prevent her from getting sick or prevent her from getting too hungry. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah I kind think so. of kind of into it kind of into it yeah um i so i i was just introduced to the first one recently in a uh uh one of those like sales videos uh you know like compilation of like these games are on sale for like you know under ten dollars type of things um people were freaking out about this fucking game uh it has really good reviews everywhere uh you know seven out of ten eight out of ten type of shit uh eighty percent everywhere else um the art style is cool. Uh, the game is still on sale for digital uh, on the Nintendo Switch platform for ten dollars. Uh, it typically Ooh, goes for thirty. Go. Uh, so if it's something you want to get into, uh, I would hop in there. Uh, if you can't see what we're seeing, you know, because you're on like one of the uh, podcast networks versus YouTube, it is a very, very fucking pretty game. It's like. Um, uh, kind of a watercolory type of painting style um cell shaded on top of that with a lot of texture 3d elements moving around uh it, it, it's it's very inviting in terms of what uh, uh like a, as an art style versus like other roguelite type of games so uh yeah and and for for the for the anime folks this this looks like the type of game where you're going to get really attached to this Tariko person because she is this small helpless girl and she's the only you're the only person that she can rely on to to take care of her yep so you will get attached and it will become something that you're going to want to progress further to to make sure that she ends up being okay and and god Good forbid stuff. you try to find this game by the way <laughs> physically uh it's like 150 to 200 dollars it, it it can be. Yeah. Uh, there's actually um, a, a re-release that they did, oh. Void Terrarium Plus Plus. Mm-hmm. You can get the PS5 version for for twenty five bucks. Oh shit! All right. Yeah. So Void Terrarium Plus Plus. Look that up. I I want to say that they did a re-release last year. It, it, I think yep. it's kind of like dollars on PS5. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of. What you would call maybe a game of the year, a 
a re-release of the original game with some additional content after after it's been out for for about a year or so. You can go ahead and just grab that, and it should essentially contain everything. I even think it includes a soundtrack if you Damn. if you want to get the Voitarium Plus Plus Deluxe Edition. There's plenty of those copies out. It'll it'll be enough to kind of get you an idea of what this game is and look forward to the new game when it comes sometime in spring of 2023. That's you know what for twenty two dollars that's not too bad for a game that's about twenty to twenty eight hours in length. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially for roguelike folks, you're gonna you're gonna love it. Yeah. You're gonna love it. This is a weekend. I'm, I'm actually, I am, I'm trying so hard not to go play it right now. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's let's, that's how much I love roguelites. Well, let's blast through the rest of this then, so we can get on uh, get on the play in Voiterarium. And our last topic from the night, it's gonna be Ubisoft Forward's 2022 event that happened yesterday, September 10th. There has been a lot of rumors going around about a lot of the stuff that Ubisoft was doing for Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Looks like maybe I have the wrong version of my notes. And now I have the updated ones. There you go. Awesome. So the first thing we're going to talk about before we get into all the Assassin's Creed stuff that we pretty much know all about and Ubisoft, all they did was essentially confirm it. The first thing we're going to talk about is Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. We've known about this game for a while. It's coming out in, I think it's a few months. I want to say it's in November. I don't remember when it's releasing. It's coming soon, though. And we got a, a better look at some of the gameplay and some of the battle systems that you're going to be dealing with in the Sparks of Hope game. The video that they showed off specifically was a what in the fuck is that caterpillar from uh, from the Mario series? Fuck, I don't know. God, the Wiggler, I think they're called oh, yeah, the Wiggler, the Wiggler, the Wiggler, yeah, 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 yeah. And so the the gameplay that they showed off is essentially almost like a Wiggler boss fight. Yeah, and you have to kind of battle through this this map defeating these other things while you're also kind of damaging the wiggler in such a way to i suppose pass through the section and one of the new things that they showed off that we didn't know about before was the spark system every character that you use in Mario and Rabbids and in this new game they have kind of their own their kind of their base base usage you know Mario's usually the all-around type of person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Bowser character is going to be, you know, he is the he's kind of like the tanky creature. He has the large, powerful attacks. He probably isn't going to have a wide range of areas that he can move. Stuff like that. But the spark system allows you to actually have specific kind of abilities that you can kind of trade between all of the characters that you have. You know? Okay. It may give you things like the ability to, you know, walk further may strengthen some of your attacks. So it allows you to be a little bit more strategic and you're not kind of locked into a specific character. So if you're one of these people who want to make Mario a little bit more of a badass, you can equip Sparks 
in order to increase like his his attack damage or something like that. Hmm. So it allows you to to attach a pair of them to each character whenever you're getting into battle. And it's 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 another it's another layer of the mechanic just to make sure that you can kind of take advantage of all of the characters' abilities. It was it's kind of cool. And also one of the things that I noticed is it really shows off just how different Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope is compared to the original version. In the original version, you had kind of a a general overworld of where you needed to go, and they opened up into these kind of battle areas. Yeah. This seems to be a little bit more open. So Mario and the gang are going to be traversing all of these crazy areas. It looks to be almost a little bit more explorish type of game take it type of game style maybe not 100% like an open world type of explore area hmm. you're probably still going to be filtered through into a specific linear uh, progression through the game but it does look like there is a lot more for you to kind of walk around and do which seems kind of cool and there's a lot more there's a lot more nice set pieces the previous game was kind of a overworldish type of type of style yeah and this seems a little bit more like you're actually going on an adventure like a full-blown fucking adventure in the game trailer you're seeing that you're going to be on a fucking train and you're going to be taking the train to travel from like one area to the other and by doing that it turns into like a battle arena where you're gonna get on the train but you're gonna yeah you're gonna get into a battle on top of the train while the wigglers over there trying to like fuck you up and things like that so it seems like we're going to have a really cool story and adventure and they're just going to sprinkle in this kind of strategy RPG type shit on your journey through the end of the game. Hmm. It looks really fucking cool. It it looks better than I expected. Um I think we've talked about it before. I I own the first one. I still haven't played it. Uh I I I may just jump into this one before I play the first one. I don't fucking know. This shit looks really good. I don't blame you. If if you're if you're not a fan of the XCOM style gameplay, the first game was really good. Mm-hmm. But it was first and foremost a, a strategy game. And when you played it, you really did feel like it was a strategy game with a Mario layer on top of it. Yeah. This looks like it's a Mario game with a strategy layer. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was saying I was like, this just looks like a first party fucking Mario game. Yeah. They really nailed that kind of vibe. Yeah. And that's exactly what I get when I when I out of all the stuff that we've seen, like I would have been fine one hundred percent with a another game in the style from the first one. But this one looks like it's definitely Mario game first. And just the strategy is how you progress through the story. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And I th- Good shit. I think that's badass. Um, Regardless of what you think about the whole rabbits thing, by the way. Oh, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy the fuck out of the rabbits because it's dumb humor and I'm dumb as fuck. Dude, I love you dumb humor. I, I thought we went over Me that too. with all of the uh, Rick and Morty fucking games coming out. With the, fuck um, yeah. You know, the squanch shit. I did see today exactly. uh, they released um, a DLC hype for this game already. Ready? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Rayman DLC right. just uh, got announced today. 
Yep. So Rayman is officially going to be part of the Mario and Rabbids franchise. Mm-hmm. They haven't they haven't talked too much about it. I'm not too sure what the DLC is going to encompass. I I don't even remember. I think there was some DLC from the first one. Yeah, there I don't was. Remember. Yeah, it was like Donkey Kong and some other shit, right? Okay, okay. Either way, gonna be good. Can't wait for the fucking game. I love the series. Absolutely love the series. Cool, cool, cool. All right, and next, a game that uh, I don't know. I don't skull know. and Bones. That's that's the only thing I can fucking say. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking Skull and Bones, guys. <laughs> There's a quick trailer they they showed off for Skull and Bones. I'm not, you can tell I'm not really into the Skull and Bones thing. Anyways, but <laughs> the 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 trailer that they showed off it gave gave a little bit more insight into not even insight. It was a quick fucking trailer. Yeah. Ubisoft didn't say a whole bunch of shit about much other than Mario and Rabbids. To be honest, let's be honest here. But the trailer that they did show us was more about the customization that you're gonna have on your boat, the type of cannons and shit, the just the just all of the embellishments that you can have on the outside of your boat the sail the type of sails and whatnot it looks i'll be honest it looks it looks fucking cool i want to make my boat look fucking badass bro yeah same i i I totally agree i totally get it i totally get it i so go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i thought from the trailer everything just looked fucking cool as shit and if you're into pirates man like and you're into customizing ships and you're into being violent as fuck man like I'm not into this, but for our our pirate buddies out there who just want to fuck people up in PvP on some boats, this this is kind of dope, right? Like yo ho hum and a ball of rum, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I if you're it. a diehard fucking Johnny Depp fan, <laughs> you can RP this whole game. <laughs> the only thing that really, really kind of kills any 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 sort of hype that I might have around it because Sea of Thieves was kind of okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, I'm not really into that kind of shit. Well the, well, the only thing that I, I will say that may make me try it is that you do have the ability to turn off PvP. Oh. So if you don't want to have the experience where you just roll in as a newbie on your little schooner or whatever the fuck and just have somebody just blow you the fuck out of the water immediately as soon as you leave port or whatever there is there is going to be a potentially some sort of single player type of mechanic that may get you a taste of what this game is my main concern is that the game is nothing like what they're showing off in any of these trailers it is a fairy tale version of course, you're going to be able to, you know, you're going to be able to change out your, you know, your your weapons, your cannons, and modify your ship and stuff. But what is the, what is the sailing aspect like? Yeah. What is what is the real moment to moment type of gameplay yeah. that you're going to have? Is it even going to be something that you're going to like? Are you going to be able to board other people's ships and then I don't know, just hack them up and steal their shit? Because from what it sounded like, this game is. You're going to blast them until you have maybe some sort of like health bar that goes down to zero. And then it plays like a cutscene where you take over their stuff or something. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I remember I was like, talking about this. Like, it's just like a you get a pop up and it was like, do you want to get all this loot? And you're just like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And cutscene. And then they're just like, ah, slash. Oh, yeah. You took over that. You killed their 
You killed all their people and took their stuff. Congratulations. Yeah. And then it just pops you back into the open sea. Like, cool, okay. And then I just do this over again, and I get tired of these cutscenes every time I fucking take over. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It could be it could be super fucking boring for sure. Uh, but as long as they make like the the actual uh sailing mechanic and the combat mechanic like enjoyable, I I think you'll get over the uh, you know jumping over on looting people's shit. So I hope so. And now we come to the heart of the podcast. Hell yeah. Now we come to the heart of the podcast. We're going to get through all of the boring shit first because everybody wants to talk about Assassin's Creed. We're not going to talk about Assassin's Creed right now. All right? Because Ubisoft is a large company and they have a whole bunch of shit. So we're going to talk about a little bit of what they've talked about before we get to Assassin's Creed. First thing we're going to talk about is Riders Republic. Okay. A massive multiplayer sports game. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. They apparently have already gone up to season four as as far as their their battle pass or game whatever whatever they're calling it. So season four is adding BMX on top of the ability to having flight suits and all kinds of other bullshit. So if you're into that kind of stuff, season four is going to be for you. Now you're going to be able to do. I don't know any BMXers. I'm I'm blanking on like what's the Dave the Mira. Games? Dave Mira. There you go. So for if you were into Dave Mira. Uh, BMX shit back in the day this is probably for you I'm happy there's a whole bunch of other division shit on top of that too the division 2 came out a few years ago I'm even shocked that they're still supporting this game for those that don't know the division is a post apocalyptic online looter shooter Hmm. and they are on season 10 and 11 they announced season 10 and 11 the content that they're going to be getting in the division 2 they've also confirmed what they're calling year 5 content this game is not only being supported till the end of this year you probably have a, a year or so of new content updates good for good for ubisoft they're really giving those those folks something to play their game for yeah and i'm actually i'm actually about it on top of that, they also announced something called the Division Heartland. This is a free-to-play game that they are talking about. It's described as a survival action multiplayer shooter set in a fictional, fictional small town middle America place. You can actually sign up for play taste for tastes, kind of a taste, a play test right now for previous and current generation consoles. No switch, by the way. Sorry, guys. NPC, you can actually go to the Division Hardline website and sign up for a playtest if this sounds like something up your alley. Hmm. On top of that, not only are you getting a free-to-play console and PC game, you're also getting a fucking mobile game, guys. If you love The Division and you love your smartphone and you wish you could combine both of those motherfuckers, <laughs> this one's for you. It's called The Division Resurgence. It's a new storyline set in a massive open massive urban open world New York City and they're having closed beta signups available for iOS and Android go to the Division Resurgence website to check that out if you're interested next we up uh, we have another mobile game this one from Rainbow Six Rainbow Six Siege has been just dominating a lot of these online you know 5v5 shooters and stuff like that now we're getting an actual mobile game where you can take that, again, 
if you like Rainbow Six Siege and you love your fucking phone, you're getting this shit together too. It's a 5v5 attacker defender style of gameplay. It's free to play. It's supposed to be a competitive multiplayer type thing. You can also register for iOS and Android and participate in the beta if you go to the motherfucking website. Hmm. So Rainbow Six Mobile, check it out. On top of that, right now, going on right now, Ubisoft Plus has a free trial from now, the date of this recording is September 11th, all the way up into October 10th, 2022. You can actually sign up and get access to Ubisoft Plus for free for an entire month. Don't forget to cancel your account if this is not something you want to do. If you just want to play Ubisoft games for free, go ahead and sign up. I think you're going to have to add a payment method. Just be careful that you're not getting charged anything. Make sure to cancel your subscription. I have heard that there there have been some people who have had issues with this these Ubisoft Plus promotions where they accidentally get charged the entire month subscription where they don't really respect their cancellations either. Mm-hmm. If you want to take if you want to take the if you want to take the gamble, go ahead and do it. You have until October 10th to get this for free. No charge to you, apparently. Just make sure remove your payment method. Excuse me. Cancel your account before October 10th, and you can play for free. Go for it. So what do you what do you get with uh, the Ubisoft Plus? Why the fuck are you going to put me on the spot like that, bro? Okay. God damn it. I'm sure it's just games. All right, moving on. No, no. We're going to talk about Ubisoft, god damn it. I mean, I figure it's probably Ubisoft. just like PlayStation Plus type of thing. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. It's I got to verify my age on their website. Ain't that a bitch. Damn. Damn, right. It looks like what you get. New releases available at launch. This is their marketing stuff, guys. I, I don't have control of their marketing. New releases available at launch. Premium editions. You get DLCs and season passes, motherfucker. Plus, you get 100 plus games on PC. I want to say it's it's kind of like if you could have a Steam Plus account mm-hmm. and they just gave you access to... Well, okay, Steam Plus is not the best example. Let's, uh, let's talk about maybe... Um, Activision or Blizzard. Yeah. Or EA. EA has something similar. Except this one seem this one says premium editions. I think for EA, if you sign up to their EA service, you get access to all the base games for free as they release. So essentially, if Ubisoft is your shit, if you love being Dave Mira in in that fucking God damn it. Uh Writer's Republic game. Yeah. If you love shooting people in a post-apocalyptic shooter in The Division. If you love Rainbow Six Siege, if you love Trackmania, then go ahead and just, I guess, get the Ubisoft Plus account. That's essentially what it is. You just basically get access to most of their games for free. Yeah. And access to their back catalog. By free, the, you the, mean the, during the trial? Well, it... Well, I mean, not just during the trial. You get access to that, but they're giving it. A, they're giving a trial away, so you can experience it for mm-hmm. a month. So you can figure out whether or not you can actually survive without Ubisoft Plus in your life. And and if you if you were one of those people like when we talked about in our I think it was our first or second episode of the podcast uh, about all the Prince of Persia games, and you're like, man, there's a lot of fucking Prince of Persia games, and I haven't played them. 
Now you fucking can with Ubisoft Plus. Do it. Because they're all fucking there. The Prince of Persia games, especially the the, the trilogy that came out mm-hmm. uh, back in the early 2000s, so fucking good. Yeah. Those games are so goddamn good. You got to do it. Yeah, the Warrior Within, the two the the, the two Warrior, thrones oh, and the Forgotten Sands of Sands. Time, the two thrones. Oh, the Sands of Time was so fucking good. Yeah, even when he was a little angsty little bitch. Yeah, I want to. What was that? Warriors Within, or was it the the two thrones? Uh, both really. Warriors Within is probably he's got the giant blades, and then the the two thrones. He's got like the blade whip, and you got Forgotten uh, okay. Sands. All that shit. There's so many. It was so good. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking good games on here. Um, it is. And you have the opportunity all the way up until October 10th to try it out for free. Yep. So go for it, guys. Go for it. It's it's only $15 a month. Otherwise, I want to say that if you get, if you play this for free up until October 10th, and even if you accidentally slide into the next month and you get charged that 15 bucks, 15 bucks for two months of solid content isn't really that bad. No. I'm not gonna, I can't shit over Ubisoft. Isn't that the cost of uh, Netflix nowadays is like fucking basically, 12 or $15? Basically. You're not going to you're not going to be able to make you're going to be able to make your car payment. Mm-hmm. You're going to make your mortgage payment. You're going to be able to to purchase your Starbucks. You just can't eat Wendy's one day. Oh no. Oh god. Oh, no god. Dave's no baconator. Oh, you went baconator. No, god damn. Oh, I went bacon the baconator so fucking good, guy. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Damn. So you All mentioned right. a Trackmania in that list. A Trackmania. Yeah, they got a and new one, right? So they do. Trackmania is getting a new free-to-play game. Coming on basically everything, except Switch, I think. No Switch. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Switch, but nobody likes you guys, except for Nintendo. Yeah. Curious about that. <laughs> Not only that, they were like, fuck Nintendo Switch, but Stadia and Luna mm-hmm. for streaming platforms, we love you guys. It's going to be on basically everything. Like I said, it's free to play. They're supposed to have these seasonal updates. So something like every three months, you're going to get new content. They have an ability to pay. There are two premium tiers, but they they didn't really go into detail what they are. But you have two paid premium tiers for the game that, uh, that you can get into if you want to. For Trackmania people, I'm sure they're they're psyched. They're psyched. They fucking love this fucking game. There's a lot of, there's a hardcore community for Trackmania. Hard fucking core. And that really covers a lot of the, a lot of the random stuff. A lot of the side stuff that Ubisoft was talking about. Here's where we get the good shit. This is the Assassin's Creed stuff. Assassin's Creed. So next, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, motherfucker. You are finally getting what they're calling the last chapter. This is the final content update for the Valhalla storyline. It is free and is coming, I think, later this year. I don't remember what they specified as. You guys can finally stop grinding. Valhalla is finally coming to an end. I promise you. (laughs) I know that you've you spent 150 hours just going through everything that Ubisoft has been shoving down your throats as far as this game is concerned, and it's finally coming to an end. What do they? What is it? What do they say about? Uh, what did they say? What was it? What was the whole John? Uh, was it? 
uh, Game of Thrones, you know, the wall, like your time, like your service has come to an end. Whenever oh, yeah. People die uh, at the wall or something the, like that. The end of end, end of night, night's end or some shit. I don't remember what the fuck. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's finally come. It's finally come. And you can finally go peacefully. But that's not it. Mm. After you're done with Valhalla, now it's time for Mirage. Uh oh. Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to be the next major entry into the Assassin's Creed series. The game is going to be set in 9th century Baghdad. You're going to be taking the role of an assassin named Basim. And for you Valhalla folks, the name might be a little familiar as it's that Basim. Uh oh. So you're going to be taking the role as Basim and the thing that's got people excited is apparently this is going to be a return to form for Assassin's Creed. All that RPG bullshit, fuck that. This is this is going to be more action adventure. Also about goddamn You're not going to see that RPG. Goddamn right. The first couple of games were so goddamn good, weren't they? Yeah. Son of a bitch. I don't know how it got... And for the people who loved Odyssey and, and Valhalla, amen, more power to you. But that just wasn't my shit. It wasn't what I was introduced with. And just see to see it go in that direction disappointed me. And to, to hear that they may be bringing it back gets me excited. Please, let me have this Odyssey and Valhalla, guys. Yeah. This is, it's what I want. Fuck, dude. Another it looks curious so thing, good, though. It looks, it does look good. And the curious thing about it, for for people who are into the Expanse, a Shorey Agdashlu, like her smoky voiced ass is is popping up here. Sheesh. She is, she is supposed to be voicing um, Basim's mentor, so you're gonna be hearing her ass during the entire game, and I'm all for it. She has got a great voice. A great voice. I forget who she plays in the Expanse, but goddamn, does she have a voice that is made for voice acting? One hundred percent. Hell yeah. They've already announced pre-orders. Unfortunately, they haven't given any real gameplay for it. But hey, if you want to drop fifty bucks, because that's what you're going to be paying for just the normal ass edition of the game, not sixty, not seventy for for new consoles, fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty dollars. That's all you got. That's all you need to. To do to pay to get into the new Assassin's Creed franchise. The deluxe edition will set you back 60 bucks. I'm not really too sure what the deluxe edition really has. It may be some some DLCs, some some of those some of those little content packs. Maybe you're gonna get a hat or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, normally and there's it's, also a normally it's like an extra item or some bullshit yeah. or just like the you you get the DLC cheap. Right when it comes out, and that's that's what you get for sixty bucks, which is normal cost. Can you imagine getting the getting the deluxe edition with all the DLC and whatnot for sixty dollars, like a normal ass priced game? That's kind of dope. Yeah, right. That's dope as fuck. There's also a collector's case version, which doesn't include the game, by the way, for one hundred fifty bucks. So for one hundred fifty bucks, you can buy all the collector shit. You get a you get a fucking steel book case. You get a you get a statue and whatnot, and you can essentially combine it with whatever you want. So if you just wanted the standard ass version of the game and you want the collector's case because you want the dope ass statue, you can combine it together, 200 bucks. You know, they, they've been not, they've been doing that with a lot of other games lately too where they separate they the collector's editions from the actual game so that like, 
I don't I I don't know why I don't know why but they did it with uh Deedlet and the Wonder Labyrinth too. Um, so they had all of the collector's edition shit off to its side, and then you could just buy the game by itself. I I get it, I get it. So here's the collector in me, mm-hmm. which is gonna bitch about it for for the next minute or so. <laughs> the fact, the fact that it is a generic ass box, it's just like collector's edition. Yeah, you know what I mean. The fact that it's a generic ass box, which doesn't designate the platform or the console, and doesn't pack in the game itself kind of makes me not want it for whatever reason if they have to have the physical game case the normal last case that you can find in the goddamn best buy Mm -hmm. get it from gamestop or order it from amazon and it just comes just separated out from the collector's contents i'm like man fuck this i don't want this (laughs) for whatever reason seeing that playstation 4 blue banner or the PlayStation 5 white banner, or if you know, for Xbox, the green Xbox banner, mm-hmm. just gives me like a warm blanket feeling. Kind of just like, just kind of like what this Goose Island, <laughs> I don't even remember. Bourbon County, I forgot that. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm halfway deep into Bourbon County right now. I forgot what I was, I forgot what I was drinking, bro. Holy shit. It's, it's that warm feeling that it gets when you just, when you drink this absolutely heavy heavy stout yeah that's what i feel the fact that you can just tape it to the side of the box with all of the collector's content just gives me a weird feeling outside of that though i kind of agree do you want like if you want to get all of the collector shit like here's a separate price and then just pair it up with whatever whatever game you want like it doesn't matter xbox version series x version playstation 4 playstation 5 you get whatever you want the yeah. standard deluxe and just pair it up with the collector stuff. You know, that's your jam. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of really getting into the mentality where it's okay. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. Definitely when you're so used to everything being packaged together and like being branded yeah. by based on your console of choice and all this other shit. And then you kind of get away from that and it's like everybody gets this box, regardless of console choice. And they all look the same. Yeah, I can see how it feels. I weird. really do because it doesn't fit the collection that you're trying to put together. Um, so aesthetically, like and it starts to fall apart. That's what it. That's what it kind of feels like. And I, I got really butt hurt. I don't know why I got butt hurt about it. Just, just realizing that maybe. Okay, so here's here's like from a collector's mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I promise, guys, more Assassin's Creed hour for that. But we're gonna have a little little side conversation about this. As a with a collector's mentality. If you purchase a collector's edition that usually has a game packed in, mm-hmm. most of the time, the the game itself has a slightly different game cover. Because oh. on the back, yeah, yeah, on the back of the game, typically they replace the barcode, or at least they have words like "not for resale." Yep, because the game itself was part of a bigger package it was not meant to be sold by itself there is a designation a special kind of designation for those games that are packed into a to a a bigger package Hmm. what ends up happening is that 
and it, this is something that we kind of experienced with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. If you open up Xenoblade Chronicles 2, if you bought the special edition, the special edition, I want to say, doesn't even have a barcode. The, the game case that's inside the special edition doesn't have a barcode because it has like a not for resale value thing. Mm. Not for resale, I mean. This game itself is special because this was part of a, a larger package that wasn't sold at stores. It's a way to tell apart the version of the game that came from the special edition compared to the one that was purchased off the shelves or, you know, ordered through Amazon, something like that. We're starting to move away from that. And I think it makes manufacturing sense where you can have the game itself. And for Nintendo, it might have made more sense where, hey, here's the base game, purchase that. Do you want a, a steel book or whatever? Do you want like an art book? Well, you can just purchase that separately. You don't have to purchase both at the same time. Yeah. And we're kind of getting into that that kind of pattern when it comes to purchasing extra shit along with your game. And I don't, I don't necessarily see something wrong about it. Yeah. Same, same, same. Although now that I told you about it, do you feel a little weird about maybe your game not being the special, not for resale edition that was meant to be part of a larger collector's edition package? Does that Fuck. bother you at all? If it says not for resale on the box, <laughs> it may make me feel a little bit weird, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I normally feel weird about the stuff like the moment I get it. Um, and it, it takes away from that uh, that fun uh, dopamine kick when you open everything up and you lay everything out on the table and you're just like, damn, this looks cool as fuck. I can never touch this again. Let me uh, strategically pack this back in the box yeah. and put it on the shelf somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm mentally, I mentally kept track of of everything that came out of that box so I can make sure to put it right backwards. Yeah. 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 Um, I just got, here's, here's a, go ahead. Yeah. Here's some fun stuff for people who have collector's edition pack, like games that were packed in with your collector's editions. Go check the back of your game case. Go check the barcodes. Go check for that. Not for resale. Go check it out. There was a whole bunch of people I was I was reading on uh, Reset Era. That's that was a thing that they were talking about. Yo, hey, did you get did you get the game from Nintendo? They finally delivered to you. What does the bag say? What's the barcode? They were checking the barcode to see if the the game, the Xenoblade Chronicles Three game that was meant to be uh, packaged in with the special edition, if it was going to have a special barcode mm-hmm. or if it was going to say not for resale. Mm. I guarantee you. There was people who were who were waiting. They were like in the Best Buy. They saw the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 game. They're like, yo, if Nintendo's going to send me a version of the game that has a different barcode or has not for resale, I'm going to buy both those motherfuckers so I have every single version of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Fuck that, that exists in the fucking North Fuck America. Fuck that. That's just This too is how much. sick we are. Yeah. This is how sick. This is how sick we are. Anyways. Let's talk about some Assassin's Creed stuff. Yeah. Before we before we bomb a lot of people out. One last thing about Mirage. Yeah. Something that was kind of missed during their presentation yesterday, Saturday, September 10th, that I only saw really talked about today, September 11th. Assassin's Creed Mirage is rated adults only. Adults only. Hell. Now you're not going to be seeing Basim's dick, unfortunately for you guys. If you were expect, if you're hoping for it, no dick involved. 
there are mirages being rated adults only by the ESRB because there's a presence of real gambling somewhere in the game. Hmm. Not simulated gambling, which apparently I think allows for a M rating by the ESRB. This is adults only, and the ESRB defines real gambling, in quotes, I guess, as the player can gamble, including betting or wagering, real cash or currency. Hmm. Whatever the fuck that means. Real if fucking you look cash. At, yeah. Ubisoft's forward presentation. If you looked at it, they presented the game as being rated adults only. This doesn't seem like it's a mistake. For whatever reason, they haven't clarified. This is this is being recorded during the weekend of the game, the the Ubisoft Forward presentation. It's only been a day since then. We haven't heard anything of what they might have to say about this. We don't know what the real gambling part of Assassin's Creed Mirage is all about. Why would you gamble with real money that you give to Ubisoft inside of this game? We have no fucking clue. They may be introducing NFTs. You know what I mean? Ooh. Maybe there's an NFT component to the fucking game. It it kind of sounds fucked up. The more you think about why real gambling would be a part of the ESRB rating for this particular game. For a game that is supposed to go back to the action-adventure basics of what Assassin's Creed used to be. What the fuck are you gambling on? Real gambling on when it comes to this game. It's a fucking mystery right now. Yeah. So just be aware of that. A lot of the a lot of the ratings that are on these pre-order websites like Best Buy, GameStop, Amazon, most of the time they have the the uh, rating pending logo, the RP logo that you'll see at the bottom left of the game case. Some of the digital storefronts like Xbox when you go there, it is legit rated adults only. If you look at Assassin's Creed Mirage on the Xbox Game Store, you will see that it is rated adults only right now. No word from Ubisoft if they plan to challenge this rating by the ESRB. If they're going to clarify why it would be rated as real gambling being present in Assassin's Creed Mirage, we don't know that unfortunately. Hmm. And hopefully next week we'll be able to clarify that for you guys. But until now, just know that the game is rated adults only because of real gambling being present inside of Assassin's Creed Mirage. Well, shit. All right. Weird. All right. Yeah, it is fucking weird. Next up, though, more Assassin's Creed. This one named Codename Jade. They haven't given us an actual name about what Codename Jade is. But we do know that it is a mobile game that is going to be set in 215 BC China. No other details has really been shared other than the trailer for our YouTube viewers where you can see the the customary hawk from the uh, Assassin's Creed games who has given us a 
kind of overview overlook of the China setting. And I believe the Great Wall is also present in the trailer as well. Hmm. The only other thing that they've told us about this game is this is going to be the first game that you're going to be able to design your own hero. You will not be playing as somebody specific. You will be able to design your own character in order to traverse around 2015 BC China. And that is what Codename Jade is. No other details have been given, unfortunately. And that's really about it. Hmm. Next up, we're going to be talking about the last two Assassin's Creed games, but let's talk a little bit about how they're going to be kind of related to each other. Assassin's Creed has what their Ubisoft is calling the Infinity Platform. The Infinity Platform is meant to be an online hub for the next two games we're going to be talking about. It's going to allow players to jump between these different Assassin's Creed experiences. They're also saying that these experiences are going to be more, much more condensed, condensed experiences as well. All of the hours that you've put into Odyssey and Valhalla, you don't need all of that. This is not 150 hours experiences. This is going to be a very condensed Assassin's Creed experience that they're going to be attaching to this Infinity platform. It does seem like it's going to be online only. I don't think we're going to ever see these next two games be released in a physical format. I don't. Maybe they could do that. Maybe they could strip the Infinity platform from it, but it kind of feels like they're making a service in order to serve up a lot of these smaller Assassin's Creed experiences. So let's get to the first one. The first one is called Codename Red, and we've we've kind of had hints about what the fuck this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be a a Japan type of thing. The thing that a lot of Assassin's Creed fans have been wanting for the longest time. Assassin's Creed Codename Red, or Code Red, is going to be set in feudal Japan. What they're describing this game as is that you're going to be be able to experience a very powerful shinobi fantasy. From what we can tell, because I mean the trailer was only like 30 fucking seconds. Yeah, if that. It was 30 seconds, exactly. (laughs) I I I remember the the run times when I generated the assets. The motherfucker (laughs) just jumps on the top. He motherfucker jumps on the top of a thing, whips out a sword and just like, that's it. You guys hype yet? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. really nothing. I'm sorry that we couldn't give a better, a better viewing experience for our YouTube folks, but that's all they fucking showed off. They didn't say shit about Codename Red. The only thing we can assume is that maybe by the Shinobi fantasy, yo, you're gonna be a fucking ninja, bro. You're gonna be sneaking around doing all kinds of shit. Know, doing this shit in silence. So it might be a more stealth-heavy Assassin's Creed game. Unfortunately, that's all we know. The next game is called Codename Hexy. Assassin's Creed Hexy is the next one. Again, just like Codename Red, there hasn't been much shown about it. We got a very quick 30-second trailer. And for our podcast listeners, essentially the trailer is just, it's a scene where they pan down in a wooded area 
all of these bare branches, and it stops at the Assassin's Creed moniker, the logo, which is created out of all of these sticks and twigs and kind of tied with twine together to form the logo, just kind of hanging off of the tree. Ubisoft did not give us any information, but from some of the leakers that we heard about from last week, this is going to be potentially 16th century Europe during the time when witches were kind of like a taboo subject. It's probably going to be kind of fucked up, so a lot of ties with witchcraft and the occult, and especially some of the hysteria that happened during that time period. You know what I mean? This reminds me a little bit of, and this is definitely not related, but the first season of um, True Detective had a lot of this strong kind of elements mm-hmm. where they would find all of these, uh, I would I would call them, what is it, kind of like an, some maybe effigies. Effigy. Maybe that's not the, the correct Effigy is the word. But yeah, you'd see all of these effigies that were constructed from, from wood twigs and they were elaborate kind of constructions to kind of to kind of decorate these murders and things like that it really feels that Assassin's Creed Hexy is going to explore that kind of thing hmm. you know what I mean I'm actually looking forward to Codename Hexy I've already played Ghost of Tsushima I, I don't know if these condensed experiences can make an Assassin's Creed game set in feudal Japan be very cool but that remains to be seen we probably won't know much about this until late 2023 to be honest yeah i i like the idea uh, of hexy yeah and i like the idea of red um i like viewing what an assassin is from these different areas Uh, god i hope hexy uh is sick as fuck uh there's so much shit that they can do with like witchcraft and like spells and like binding and all kinds of fun stuff or at least like leaning into like making people fear you like you're a witch and or or, or who the fuck knows um no it it like it makes your imagination run wild at the possibility yeah really so hopefully and the fact that go ahead my my only issue is i'm just upset that ubisoft really couldn't give us anything more than this you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All of this stuff is essentially CGI trailers from the top down, except for, I want to say, the Valhalla, the last Valhalla DC, the DLC. Everything else is essentially CGI trailers. There's not a lot of info. This is essentially a basic confirmation of what we knew prior to this showcase. We knew about Codename Red. We knew about Jade. We knew about Hexy. We kind of... And Ubisoft is not being very creative with their names, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Codename Jade. Who likes Jade? It's some fucking Chinese people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Codename Red. Obviously the fucking dot on the Japanese flag. Yeah. Hexy. Even if I didn't know it was pronounced Hexy until I listened to the to the Ubisoft forward, but Hex, you already get connotations of some kind of shit. Yeah, witchcraft, something and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not very creative with their code names, and the fact that all they did was confirm the code names didn't even give us an actual name for these sons of bitches. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it was slightly upsetting, but it doesn't kill my hype though. 
there's a lot of good possibilities. I really hope that they can come through and Same. deliver. Same. You know Same. what I mean? And there you go, guys. That is essentially everything that happened this past week. A lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. 2022, we still have three months to go. We still have some cool stuff from Sony and Nintendo potentially to be to be announced. Again, Nintendo potentially will have an announcement tomorrow morning, September 12th, about a Nintendo Direct. That should be happening earlier this week. It's been confirmed by a few people. There is a guy on Twitter. I think I want to say it's his Twitter Twitter handle name, Nate the Hate, who does appear on the Spawncast every once in a while. He does feel confident that there will be an announcement September 12th with a Nintendo Direct. Jeff Grubb, I want to say, is going along with Nate the Hate's prediction about that. We are going to see something from Nintendo very soon. The only thing that we know about that Nate the Hate has talked about, potentially a double pack for some Nintendo and Zelda classics that hasn't been released on the Switch yet. They're talking about Wind Waker being released on the Switch and Twilight Princess being released on the Switch. Potentially, maybe even the announcement of Metroid Prime being uh, being available there. The remaster for Metroid Prime for Switch. Potentially hearing about Metroid Prime 4. Retro Studios was not a part of the Metroid Prime 4 development team until the previous developers apparently fucked up enough that Nintendo was like, you guys can fuck off. We're going to bring Retro Studios in here. And unfortunately, they may or may not have been able to finish the remasters of the Metroid Prime trilogy for Switch. The only thing that people like Nate the Hate feel confident about is Metroid Prime 1 for sure. Mm. Being finished and ready to go. Hell yeah. We may hear about Metroid Prime 1 we remastered and the Twilight Princess Wind Waker remakes for Switch. Not remakes, remasters, I want to say. I don't I think we're going to get something similar to what they did with Skyward Sword. They're going to bring it up to modern consoles, increase the resolution, give it better control schemes that fit the Nintendo Switch platform. Probably not going to hear about any new hardware or anything like that. For Sony there's there's not much else that we're one we're really sure of. Maybe a little bit more on PlayStation VR. Maybe some announcements involving Silent Hill. From what we know, from Konami at least, the Silent Hill project seemed to be, at least the Silent Hill 2 remake project, seems to be more on the PlayStation and PC side. If there's anything we're going to hear about those games, it'll probably be on PlayStation's um, state of play event. Hell yeah. But we don't know when that's going to happen. But the what we do know is that Nintendo should have an announcement Monday Monday morning that a that a direct is happening, and this is going to be a legit direct. This is not an indie showcase. Not going to be something where Bayonetta three. Let's guy. Hey guys, let's see more about Bayonetta three. Here, here's another screenshot. Yeah, 
No, 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 no. This is going to be some legit first party Nintendo shit. And hopefully next week we'll bring you more information about it. But for now, that is the rumors. That will That's what we know at the moment. Well, what did you think about this week, Bradley? Dude, I I I I thoroughly enjoyed all of the NIS news. Uh, Me too. I liked uh, the new updates from Mario and Rabbids, uh, Sparks of Hope. Um, seeing the new gameplay trailer uh, and the DLCs got a it's kind of getting to me. Makes me want to actually play it. Um, some of my big takeaways are: Hey, play play Void Terrarium uh, before two comes out. It looks like a good game. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I, I could probably do without all the Assassin's Creed stuff. Uh, honestly, um, the new stuff that they have coming out, it looks good, but I don't know that I'll jump into it just because of, uh, the time dedication that you, you have to put in for like Valhalla and shit like that. So 100% that I, I agree with that. I, I'm with you. And it's one of the reasons why I, I spent the effort to put the NIS showcase in there. Mm hmm. Because it was the only thing that really excited me about some cool stuff that might be coming up in 2023. Again, you know, I've been I've been exposed to these AAA titles from all of these large companies for such such a long time, and that's cool and everything. It a lot of those games tend to be universally praised for this and that and whatever. I want to actually I'm gonna bring something up from last week. We talked about. Sony adding some more games to their PlayStation Plus Essentials package. Okay. And one of the games was Toem. Yeah. The 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 photographing game. Well, I downloaded it and I played it the past few days. Oh, I shit. I finished the game. I, I platinumed the game. Uh, I want to say I platinumed the game, I think it was Friday, a few days ago. And that's that's the kind of shit that I'm kind of looking for, those kind of experiences. You know, it's a very, it's a very stylistic game. It's very black and whitish, almost coloring bookish. Has some really great just art sense, the character design, and there there isn't a whole bunch of story, but the gameplay mechanics are pretty unique. You know, you're just carrying around your camera and you're taking stuff, taking pictures of stuff and whatnot, and the game leads you into uh, just a pattern of recognizing what you need to take a picture of and the things that you got to do to progress through the through the game through the story. And it was just a fun experience, you know. Hmm. I want to say that it took me about 10 hours to fully platinum the game. You know, you could probably get through the game in a, only a couple of hours if you really just sped through yeah the the bare minimum to get you across through the game. But I enjoyed just finding all the little things enjoying like what I could take a picture of that the game told me like yes this is what you need to take a picture of and there are certain challenges that kind of force you to take pictures of things that don't really necessarily trigger game events you know what I mean hmm. you get the you get the sense of just enjoying like you go you go through a certain section like you know what I'm going to take a picture of this because I have a feeling this is going to be useful for me. You get the, you get kind of the sensation of being, of enjoying the, being a photographer. 
Yeah. And you have like these super chill tunes in the background. And as you progress through the game, you get access to more chill tunes. And they come in like these little cassette tape type things and you can and you can just play them throughout. They're really fucking really fucking good. I I think I think this kind of like uh it sounds like what a lot of my photography friends like to do is where they just go on photo walks. Um Joaquin and I were talking about doing that. Um just taking our, our cameras out, just going downtown at night or going somewhere like on a on a hike and just like snapping pictures of birds or flowers or fucking um you know people as they ride by on their bikes or uh, fucking anything because like it's the joy of capturing a moment in time uh and i i are are making you know um a view of life a little bit more impactful so it's cool that this game kind of gave you that like insight and yeah. inside of like a something as, yeah, as niche like, as like photography. And like I said, the the game the game teaches you about the things that you can take a picture of that like I said, trigger these these events that let you know like this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things that don't trigger those things. So when you play the game, you're going around and you're like Hey, this is kind of dope. Let me just snap a picture of it. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting I'm not getting that positive reinforcement that what I'm doing is correct in like a game mechanic sense, but you do it because I don't know, like hey, this is just fucking dope. Snap. Take yep. a picture. Yep. And you go through the game and you start looking the game from that lens after you kind of like once you learn the mechanics, once you once you get that 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 Pavlov response where you like yeah, this is like I'm being like, you know, like uh like I'm being told I'm a good boy for doing this. Yeah. But then you kind of start to get outside of that and you just start doing it because this is just kind of cool. Yep. It's a really good experience. I like and it. And I highly recommend it. If you guys have PlayStation Plus, download Tome. It's if you're only interested in getting the platinum trophy, you could probably get it in a few hours. But for people who just want to have a super chill time, listen to some chill tunes and just snap pictures in the fucking game. Uh, you can spend 10, 15 hours and just take your time with it. It's super fun. And then before, before we head out, there's a, a huge uh, NIS software uh, sell on the switch store. So you can get games get like it. RPG maker MV on sale for like $15. A lot of the Disgaea games are up there for cheap. Uh, the cruel King and the great hero, which is a really fun little uh, NIS RPG uh langracer lang langracer one and two are up there the alliance alive hd remaster there's there's hella fucking games on there for uh as low as like five bucks um yomawari the long night collection uh a really cute little game about a little girl uh walking around at night and it's uh, a cute horror it's really fucking weird um, that's fifteen bucks. I saw, I saw, I saw some, I saw some gameplay of that, and it was. I, I was a little mixed on that because at first I was like, "Wait, okay, horror." Like I was expecting like super like horror and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it, and it was kind of cutesy horror, mm-hmm. and I was just like, mm, "Like, actually, you know what? I'm, I might be into that. I, I enjoy horror just for horror's sake, but kind of flipping it on its head a little bit 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And trying to kind of merge kind of like the some sort of like chibi kind of like cutesy type shit with a horror element that isn't necessarily meant to be horror for the sake of, you know, like scaring the shit out of you. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, because it's 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 a it's a little girl's view of what it feels like to be alone at night. And and it exactly and it a lot of the monsters and stuff are based on Japanese folklore uh, and ghosts and stuff like that. So you get like some insight into that type of um, idea. And they're gro- they're grotesque, but they're not like you know jump scary type of bullshit. So. Exactly. Like I said, it's, yeah. it still has like the chibi art style aesthetic. So it, it, they try to translate it into that kind of style. And again, like you, like Bradley said, it's, it still has the whole gross thing, but it's also just kind of like, that's disgusting. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind that kind of bullshit. Oh man. NIS is fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Agree 100%. Cool, man. Well, this has been, this yeah. has been, again, I can't, Say it enough. It feels good to get into these double digits. We're episode twelve, knocking it out. It's September eleventh. Uh, we're getting ready to go into the the big showcase next week. We got all kinds of cool shit, like you already talked about. Uh, if you've stuck around this long, thanks for listening. It means a lot to us. Uh, as we it keep does. doing this, we're gonna, you know, yeah. And do us a favor, guys. If you're listening on podcast platforms just give us a five star rating i don't give a fuck <laughs> tell me tell me uh tell me i'm a late term michael jackson although to be fair not very late term i think i think the tables have turned this time yeah i think the tables have turned this time looking like a for the hispanic, for our youtube uh, folks hispanic jason <laughs> statham now jason statham for our youtube folks give us give us a subscribe thumbs up thumbs even if you hate listening even if you you fucking hate listen to us give us a thumbs down yeah even we'll appreciate that tell me tell me if you actually enjoy for our youtube folks if you enjoy the fact that i don't have hair anymore at the top of my head it's wild looking i've been i've been talking about shaving my head for the past probably like five episodes i actually finally went through with it the hair will be officially donated tomorrow it catches me off guard i've only seen you with it twice now um yesterday and today uh, and even when you popped in today and turned your camera on, it completely fucking caught me off guard again. And I was like, what the fuck? Cause I've just seen you with hair for like it, the entirety that I've known you for like 12 fucking years. Right. Yeah. Um, looks good on you, man. It, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to show up for my, I haven't said shit to my, to my family. Oh, and we're going to, we're going to be meeting up next week. I can't wait because I'm not going to tell him a goddamn thing. I can't wait to just show up. I'm going to scare the fuck out of my mom. My my dad is probably he, he he's been he has been giving me shit this entire time when I told him I was going to do it. He's like, you're going to cut your hair. I was like, yeah, he's like, you're going to cut it all off. I was like, yeah, it's like, I'm going to go bald. He's like, why? I was like, why not? Dude. And I can't wait to see the why not. Can- can you dress up like a cholo? Just wear like shorts with knee high white socks and fucking some fucking I don't know what is shell toe Adidas shoes and a fucking button up shirt that's only buttoned for the top button. And just right, so just tell your dad like 
you join you 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 quit your job and you're like looking you're you're doing something else in life and and it means a lot to you. Some fucking Adidas slides. Yes, dude. Oh, just some Adidas fucking slides, slots. man, with the knee high, the knee high <laughs> socks. I'm not gonna lie. Back when I was back when I was growing up, dude, those uh those Adidas shirts, those Adidas shirts that had um the three the three uh, yep, stripes yep. going down the 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 fucking sleeve. You were cool as fuck if you had one of those. Yeah, because it wasn't like maybe mainstream. I think it was more of like a cultural thing, mm-hmm. just like. Yo, you Mexican? You got them? You got them in the Adidas threads? Man, you cool as fuck. Bro. Yeah, and they weren't they weren't printed. They were like stitched on. They were extra fabric yeah. on your shirt from like your collar all the way down to like your the end of your sleeve. One hundred percent. Yeah, that shit looked cool and as fuck. I don't, uh, it was cool as fuck. Cool as fuck. Yeah. You know what? I I still think uh, I I'm I I agree with Christina P. Um, I think the Cholo and Chola uh, look. Is still fucking hip as shit. I I think it looks dope. It kind of doesn't. It doesn't go. It doesn't go out of style. No, I want to say, I was, I was in San Jose, for uh, Apple's developer conference mm-hmm. in 2019. I remember taking the uh, the train over to from uh, from my hotel to the to the convention center, and there was this. There was this there's this fucking chola bitch, right? She had she had her dog in there. She Hell had yeah. the fucking wife beater on. She had she had like that fucking exposed like black bra strap and you could plainly see it through there mm-hmm. through her fucking wife beater. She had the fucking uh tattoos up and down her arms, on her face and her neck and shit like that. That shit never goes out of style. No. Like that that they they it keep they keep it rolling. They keep it rolling. It, they do. And you know what's wild is like they they look and act hard and they party hard, but at the end of the day, like when her man comes home, she cooking meals for him. She treating him good. They're being nice to each other. You know, they they're they're good fucking wholesome fucking people. But like when it comes down to like work and shit, like they're hard. They're hard all the time. And then when they get home, they're just like, hey. I don't want to say I don't want to say anything. It's gonna come off like weird and like misconstrued. But I mean, they, coming from you, it might be a little weird. Coming yeah, yeah, from you, yeah, it might yeah, be a little yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. So the did you did you watch the episode when they had that little creeper dude? I forget what his name is. The the cholo fit guy. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I did I did. And they they and were they reviewing were ha- the cholas and they were like, "Who would you fuck?" <laughs> God damn, that was funny. I forgot I forgot what the thing they were saying like. Um, Ah, oh, goddamn! I, I forget. I forgot what they were what they were saying in the in the video. But they had that they had that one chick where she was being interviewed like outside of a club. Oh, like, the I sandwich. didn't cook him lunch for yeah, the one lunch. time. I didn't cook him lunch. <laughs> Fuck that shit was funny, dude. God damn it! Fuck. It's so good. It's so good. I I have I have so much love. I have so much love for that for that fucking that fucking lifestyle for the people mm-hmm. for the people who fucking participate in that like I don't give a fuck it's for in Texas in Texas you have the fucking redneck mentality where it's just like you know like they have like the uh they have those fucking stickers on the back of their fucking their fucking trucks where there's like uh, you know like what was it like mud life or something like that oh, yeah yeah that I mean in LA like it's exact the same shit like it's all the same shit bro yeah. Different culture, different language, whatever. What's well, like your it's LA, your your LA uh, 
Mexicans and stuff are like they they they're the cholos, right? And then out here right. we have the Tejano type of Mexicans, right? So like yeah, so you got you got the fucking tight ass jeans, yep. you have the fucking boots, you have the fucking cowboy hat, and if you didn't know, that is that that vaquero lifestyle, man. Like that's that's a fucking Mexicans, bro. Yeah, the, the, they you might you might see like you know uh, ride a cowboy not a horse type of mentality when it comes to Texas. But that all that all stems from the vaquero bullshit from from back in the day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Transsetters. Yeah, were fucking transsetters, man. Yeah, they were the OG fucking cowboys. Yeah, yeah, for real. Super fucking cool. Thank you for the history lesson and the cultural lesson. Uh, Dropping as a, as a regular <laughs> old white dude. Um, by the way, I got my twenty three and Me stuff back. Uh, I am mostly British and French. We we yeah fucking weird because all of my people come from uh, Switzerland and Germany, but they were um, mostly British and French. And then Janet, uh, who is like part Vietnamese, it's only three uh-huh. percent Vietnamese. She is ninety seven percent Chinese. Her people were God pure damn. as fuck. Ninety seven percent Chinese, three percent Vietnamese. Her people were just Chinese, and they just moved all over the place, and they only fucked with Chinese people. Damn, I actually had this conversation with my Chinese friend not too long ago. She told me that she was 97%, something around there, Chinese, but she also had a little bit of, what was it? I want to say, I think it was like Irish or some shit like that. Oh. Or, no, Russian. Oh, that makes or sense. Some sort that of makes like, sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested. I need to do, I need to do 23andMe. I don't, you know, I talk a, a, a lot of shit about just like, man. They're going to come and try to arrest me for something because now that they got my DNA, the fucking law is going to come down here and like put a charge on me or some yeah. bullshit. I got to stop that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I want to know. I want to know exactly because I've, I've talked. I talk a lot of shit because of who I think my parents, their background is because mm-hmm. on my dad's side, it seems to be a little bit more kind of like Native American ish. And on my mom's side, there's clearly a strong European background when it comes to them. And I just kind of want to see, like, am I going to have a little bit of native, a little bit of European mixed in? I love I love being a mutt. My, uh, my Chinese friend, she is essentially, her, her ancestry is essentially just that, that entire space right there. She has never moved. She has never moved. Her family has never moved. Her ancestors have never moved. They've been concentrated in that space for the longest fucking time. And it kind of, I guess for some people, that's kind of cool, you know, because they're, they're pure. Yeah. But to, to actually experience the fact that some of my ancestors have migrated from their, from their origins and have moved across various spaces through the course of time. That's actually kind of dope. Damn. And I can't wait to find out exactly all of the stuff that had to have happened for me to arrive where I'm at right now. You want to, so one of, one of the weird things on my, uh, 23andMe was that I'm 4% Native American. And I, I knew we had Native American, like people in like my great grandmother was part Native American. Uh, but to be, to be accepted to a tribe, 
you need to be in some tribes it's 25%, so a quarter. Other tribes it's as low as one sixteenth. So my mom, who is like all of her so fucking weird. She has tons of like Native American statues and Native American paintings and shit like that because we're kind of like brought up with that uh that shit. Um because of my great grandmother. Um I think she might have enough percentage to be part of an actual tribe and get benefits. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get her to spit in one of these 23s of me's and see if like she can just like get some reparations or something. I don't fucking know. I don't know what you get. I do know it's, that like you get to do peyote if you get accepted to a tribe. Peyote becomes legal for you and you can just get high as fuck all the time and they can't touch you because it's considered a my, uh, 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 a religious ritual. My dad has a lot of horror stories about peyote. Yeah? God, yeah. It's some fucked up shit. All right. It's some fucked up shit. I don't know shit about but, drugs though. <laughs> not me either. Like I'm, I'm straight edge as a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm not even like mm-hmm. this, this, uh, Berman County stuff. Like it's just, I chocolate just, milk. I just look at beers online. I don't actually drink it. This is just, this is chocolate milk. Yeah. Really dark chocolate milk. That's a good chocolate milk. That's 97% cacao. Yeah. The bird. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> cool. Well, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Um, Appreciate well, you guys. We've been Pixels and Pints. I'm Bradley. And I'm Michael. And we've just been two bi- we're We're two dudes talking about video games and apparently just fucking up reading this entire podcast. Uh, thanks for watching. 100%. All right. Later, guys. Fuck, man. Uh, this whole podcast is brought to you by being illiterate. <laughs>